December 28th will mark the 25th anniversary of Starcade 97, the culmination of a year-long build where Sting would finally step back in the ring to face Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The stage was set for a main event to become immortalized in wrestling history, and it did, but for all the wrong reasons. And for the first time in over 20 years, on that 25th anniversary, Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick will reunite to watch back and discuss what really happened that night at the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., hosted by Conrad Thompson, a topic that led to one of the most heated exchanges in the history of 83 weeks. And now you're going to act like it's ludicrous that we might think that that's what happened here when you managed to f*** up the single biggest moment in the history of wrestling, and now, 20 years later, you get on here and lie through your f***ing teeth and say it's because he wasn't taken. I'm not lying too much, Chief. You finished over a tan? Is this real? Ad-Free Shows presents a premium watch-along event, The Fast Count, with Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick, December 28th, 10 p.m. Eastern, immediately following AEW Dynamite. All $29 level members and higher are invited to join, and Top Guy members will be able to ask Eric and Nick questions about this controversial night in wrestling. No spray tan necessary. Sign up today and reserve your spot at adfreeshows.com. And you're listening to... Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, still, what is still up, remarkable. my man? What's going on, Cassio? How have you been this week? What's been going on with you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm getting ready for Christmas. Crim- Merry Chrysler. Merry Christmas to you. And happy Merry holidays to, to those that don't that don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, I want them to have their special happy Boxer Day as well, I guess. It's, I don't happy know Happy Boxer Day. Yeah. Hanukkah is upon but, us? Yeah, Kwanzaa, the whole deal. I want everybody to have the best time ever. And I don't know the times. I apologize. But, hey, well, you've, it's, it's, it's got a lot of, you've gotten a lot of rain lately. We've got a ton of rain. We're very in, Seattle here in Alabama It's very right North now. Alabama of you to have so much rain. It is very seattle very north. It's, it's very, well, Seattle or uh, London. Very foggy London town in I'll Birmingham. I'll take it. I'll take and, it. And Huntsville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I've been doing great going to every TV and traveling. I, I kind of want to hang myself at, from time to time, but <laughs> I don't, I've gained so much weight. I don't think they have a piece of cord that could hold me. So uh, I'm just, just doing what I do and, and love to doing it. Look, I do love, uh, love working back and everything, but I, I kind of haven't been doing the job I got hired back to do because right. of some other reasons. I was asked to attend all the TVs uh, for a while. And so, yeah, the, the traveling and getting back at it has kind of been uh, eye-opening and uh, anxiety-ridden uh, for me. But uh, but it's it's an exercise. It's all an exercise, right? Is how Because that's what it's all about for me is how do you manage uh, in between each year. And uh, sometimes I have to play referee against myself <laughs> because some of my you know first thoughts wrong and I don't mean this to be a therapy session but some of the times I think like the first thing I think of when something and you know an occurrence happens or whatever uh, you know a, a scenario unfolds 
my first thought is usually wrong. And so I have to then go like, okay, that's probably not what I should do right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should not punch this lady. I should not punch this man. I should not blame the pet for, you know, the, the, fact that I farted in the elevator on that lady. I should not do that. But but I, but sometimes I do and it just comes out and then you go like, "Oh god." Um so yeah, I have to I have to manage the anxiety in between my ears and that's a real thing for me and it's a look it's a big reason why I went to drugs and alcohol. I just didn't feel or think anything then. So now it's it's uh going back to Cali, you know, just getting back to it, go back to the basics. When you think of Christmas dog in the family, mm. I'm going to give you four foods. You only get four foods for Christmas. Ooh. Period. Okay. Everything else out. What's your four foods? For Christmas. Ham. Ham. Okay. For sure. I Nicely love done. I had a ham, a big ham steak this morning for breakfast, actually. Um, that's probably the reason we can't find anything to hold me. Um, but, but I love the ham. So a ham, man. Taters, please. Besides, yeah, you know, I'm going to go with a tater, but I don't know what if I'm only going to pick four. I don't know if I'm just going to go with a mashed potato or do oh. I want a mashed sweet potato? You know what uh, I mean? Do no I want with a, with maybe a mashed sweet potato with a caramelized pecan crust? You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're getting the sweet uh, potato casserole there. territory. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying it's a towards the <laughs> towards the casserole. That's a side. Um, I, look, I'm a big fan of Italian cut green beans. Uh, I like. Well, they're that. the best green beans. Yeah, I agree. I like the green bean casserole with French cut and no oh. and no mushrooms. Uh, I don't like mushrooms. We hey, can use, I get yeah, that? We just, right there? We just yeah. became best oh, friends. Oh my gosh, I um, hate mushrooms. Yeah, but but I like it with cream of chicken and cream of celery soup yes. to make that. Come on uh, now. Soot. And then I think I'm going to have to go with a roll of some sort, and it would probably be a bread. Yeah, some type no of dressing. Bread. I'm not a big dressing guy. I'm not a big stuffing. Big my wife, I'll however, flip this table. Look, my wife, however, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Well, I'm just kidding. She doesn't. She hates me. <laughs> if you're uh, not no. she makes bad dressing. Don't <laughs> she, say. Yeah. No, no, no. She makes great dressing. She oh, uses okay. sausage in her dressing, and yeah, and so it's her dressing is awesome, and she loves it, and she will make it any time of the year just to make a pot of it, a pan of it. You know what I mean? Come on now. And so yeah, so it's really good. But I'm not. It's it's my favorite dressing. I don't know, I, but I, I would, if I only had four things, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be one of the things I go, you got to have that. Ham, green bean casserole. Yeah. Are you going sweet potato sweet, casserole or yeah, just mashed yeah. sweet no, potato? sweet potato casserole. That's a good call. Yeah. And then are you going roll? I am going roll. And I Wait. think I'm going, I think I'm going to get specific with you. I think I'm going to go Hawaiian. Uh, what's the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian roll? The rolls? king's bread or whatever yes, it is? Yes, yes, They are. Is they sweet are, potato casserole your dessert? It's kind of both. You know what okay. I mean? Are you a big uh, dessert guy? Not well. Yes, yeah. I'd rather have. Well, I mean, I like dessert, but I'd rather have a second plate of all the good stuff <laughs> than if we're going so, dessert. So, yeah. so, so then maybe I would go with a uh, my my daughter, my youngest daughter makes a uh, pecan cheesecake like bars, what? and it's cheesecake with like a pecan pie 
half and half in a bar you know what i mean and so it's oh. it's man she's she sells them online actually i'll uh i'll find out her her thing and shout her out on here next time but Please. yeah she, it's really good what do we even this. have a podcast for if we can't even order your daughter's cheesecake <laughs> her, it changes the angle on my dangle son why, why am i alive <laughs> this uh give her this, a shout out this is my uh, face is hot thinking yeah, about it <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad sweating now. <laughs> I'm going to take this shirt off. Oh, Lord. If I've never just... had that. It sounds tremendous. Oh, I had a piece earlier today, actually, because she's making another another batch. And she gets the little custom boxes and bows it up and makes it all special. And it's like a you know holiday box of treats and sweets. <sighs> We're not yep. supposed to do ads here for the ad-free show family. No, but can we? Can we? we just I mean, promo instead. code dog. Can we get it sent to us early or something? <laughs> so, so let Will me you tweet let it me, out. Let me get with her and talk with her. She's nineteen and she's a woman. What is so overrunner? Hundreds of people are not. <laughs> not this one. This one's the one you got to watch out for. She's a Spitfire. I love. I'm, she's I'm, like I me, make cakes me, for family, me. and then we got like seven hundred people ordering a cheesecake <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me talk to her first. Okay, send it to me, and then I'll tell everybody yeah, if it's good. Is that a yeah, deal? Yeah, yeah. That is a deal. That is a deal. All right, my friend. What Let's we get into it. We got today? a hey, we got a fun topic today. Okay, you're gonna love this topic today. This week, on oh, you didn't know. We're gonna discuss when you return to the Indies after walking out of a little federation called the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, you walked that. out. You left, but. And it went you, out of business after that. WWF went out of business after that. Is there a WWF right now? Yeah, no. World Wildlife Fund. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pandas. You're in welcome, chairs. pandas. Uh, dog, you walk out of the WWF in late July 1995, which we covered in the archives, so be sure everybody check that out over at YouTube.com, at dog, D-O-G-G. You want to hear that? Absolutely great episode to hear your insight on when you left WWF. Yeah. But right now, we're going to start from there. We're going to start from you walking out, July 1995. Who's your first call? Is that dad? Is that Jeff Jarrett? Is that somebody else? What's happening when you when you walk out? Yeah. So to be quite honest, I I, uh, I thought I was going to be okay because I was talking. I mean, Jeff, me and Jeff left together. So it was we were together. So I didn't have to make a phone call to him. Um, yeah, I did call my family and told them uh, – you know what I what I had done, and uh, and my dad said, well, he was supportive, but he said, well, do you think that was a good move, son? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I was, of course it was a good move. And I also had about ninety grand in the bank, and and uh, I was twenty five year old right out of the Marine oh, Corps, gosh. so I thought I was rich. I, and yeah. what I didn't know was that I was a drug addict and an alcoholic, and <laughs> that, and that that plus his youth equals stupidity, yeah. and. 90 grand was about equal to having $9. <laughs> so, so it was, uh, it was definitely an eye opening awakening event in my life. That's for sure. But yeah, I call, look, I called them all to tell them, but, but it wasn't as so I tell you that because it wasn't so I called to get a job. I kind of thought I was going to be okay for a little while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I honestly thought, man, 90 grand, I never had that much money in my life. You know what I mean? And I never, do you, do you think, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to work on the Indies enough. Yeah, yeah, go yeah, yeah. Federation? What are you thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking of, yeah, I'll get a job somewhere else. Like I, I, 
look, I didn't know anything at the time. I, I know even less today, but I, I didn't know anything at the time. And, and so I thought I was, yeah, you stand up for yourself. You do the right thing. And then I learned, oh no, that's not the way this works. You have to play the game a little bit yeah. and you have to play the game within the rules of the game, within the parameters of the game. And, and I made a bad business decision. And, and, uh, but that's only in retrospect. If you'd have talked to me then, I'd have said, you're yeah, making screw, the correct screw call, them yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I'll do what I want by God. And, and I didn't even know why I was doing it. I was just doing it because Jeff was. But in my mind, that was what I would do. I'm, I'm, if one of my brothers was leaving and I was there, he'd leave with me or I'd leave with him. It was like that for me. Like it was like, yeah, it's us against the world, dude. That, when you but, left, you left July 1995. Yeah. How far into it did you call Cornette? Well, Dad and, and everybody was working there. Look at that picture. If you're not watching, Incredible. you should be. It's just a picture of Yoko Zuna from the waist down. I thought it was Conrad. And Go then, ahead. <laughs> come on. Come on. Kono Zuna. Uh, so, so, and it is a picture of uh, Jim Cornette's beautiful smiling face with his uh with his green jacket on and red. Is that tennis, a fur line furry, tennis racket? Yes, a red furry tennis racket cover. Incredible. Uh, but look, he is incredible. He was incredible when he yeah. worked. He's still incredible to listen to today. Um, but yeah, I, dad and them were all working there. And so um, it sometimes this time in my life, and I'm not even kidding, this time in my life gets confusing to me because I, I quit uh, WWF at the time. Um, I worked... Memphis for a while. Then I went to Germany for a while. And when I say for a while in Germany, it was probably six, eight weeks. Um, but that whole year or two year span of WWF quitting, uh, USWA, um, Germany, uh, I, I, I'm, uh, no, don't get sidetracked. I can't now if y'all are going to do our, that to me. Our side producers are claiming they've got a red, red furry tennis furry racket. Tennis racket. Weird that's, room. Come on, yeah. man. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. <laughs> you got, you, Dom, you got that and your pink lights, your pink LED lights. Okay. All right, cool. I read you, I read you loud and clear. Um, so, anyway, this time Very in my life brand. was when I was... Uh, with, a lot of things going just on. Just a lot of things happened and, and my first... Uh, child was being born. Um, so a lot, a lot of things happened that I get, I think when I came back from Germany is when I went and started working with Jim Cornette. So it wasn't right away. And I, and look, I, I could totally be wrong about that. And people think, how do you not remember your life? And I think like, how do you remember yours? Uh, but, <laughs> but, Buddy, but, uh, I, I don't remember what I talked about this morning on the radio. Well, that's, the, that's 20 that's years the thing. ago. That's the thing. And so yeah. it's, look, I, I did a lot of dope and I get hit in the head a lot. And so I would imagine both of those have some effect on my memory. Um, but, but I don't remember a lot. So, so some of this gets mixed up, but what I think happened and, and uh, we can get Derek to, to research this a little bit is I went to Germany. I worked, uh, went USWA, went to Germany, came back to USWA and Smoky Mountain happened. I think that's how it all went down. So, so I guess my first call was to Max Payne, Man Mountain Rock, who got me booked in Germany. Um, but that probably came from USWA too. So yeah, it's just confusing time for me then, but 
let's talk about it. Because the, the, the gimmick, the, the angle was isn't confusing to me. Just where it fell in that timeline time of craziness, 95, 96. For well, do you, if you remember, if you remember back then, when you talked to Corny, um, was he hesitant bringing you back because you had just walked out and now you've got a bad relationship with the company? Or was he like... You're my dude. Let's go. Let's yeah. I, so he was. He was never like you're my dude, and me, me and him have never <laughs> been dudes like that. But I'll tell you what. What we have been is always been uh, respectful of one another because he respected my father, and my father respected him so much. So, so my respect for Jim came. I was grandfathered in, as you could say. It came because my father respected him. I respected him. And that's an unspoken rule uh, because you you just know, in my family, you just knew, okay, dad's a great good care, you know, uh, judge of character. If he likes you, I like you. And if right. he doesn't like you, I don't like you. And you know what I mean? And that's kind of the, the way it always went. So Jim had dad's respect, so he had mine automatically uh, and continues to do so. But... I don't know that I ever talked to him one-on-one about, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. I think it was pretty much dad just saying, Hey, do you mind if I bring Brian and, or, or do you mind if we, you know what I mean? Can we use him? Um, but, but by the time Smoky Mountain, uh, but the only thing by the time this was happening, I think, uh, it had, it had been enough time. Like I hadn't just walked out. I had walked okay. out two months ago, three months ago, whatever. You know what I mean? So I think it was, yeah, he's fired. I can do whatever I want with him. You know what I mean? I can do whatever. And I personally, professionally could have done whatever I wanted. So yeah, I don't think it was a big worry on Jim to bring him in. I got the whole Armstrong family here. What, you know what I mean? Why wouldn't we add that who already had some, some relative, uh, spotlight, you know what I mean? Shown through as the roadie. So I think I think he he would have jumped at the chance, and so did I. You know, easy transition, especially with your dad chiming in and going, "Hey, we're good." Yeah, um, a hundred percent. And he, you know, he and he and dad had a great relationship. We encourage you if you want to feedback at any point during this show, go ahead and hit us on social media with the hashtag Corny Dog. How about corny that? Dog. Yeah, we're talking about you know, and yeah, Corny. People know Jim Cornette is corny. And people know that me and you love corn dogs. So we just That's thought fact. corny dog. It's also a play on words on my name. You know what I mean? There's a lot of reasons for this very important hashtag that I really want to sell to you people. And I really. <laughs> <laughs> corny dog, yeah. by the way, corn dogs only with mustard, correct? Oh, I'm a mixed guy. I'm a mixed man. Uh, what do you mean uh, mix? Mix mustard and ketchup together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's got that mustard, but that's my, my wife is only mustard. I'm not five years old, so I don't eat ketchup. But yeah, you oh. have fun with that, man. Oh yeah, no, I do. I eat ketchup. I eat meals. Still? I eat meals surrounded by ketchup. I eat meals by how, what I can put ketchup on. Such a redneck. Like I want some fish sticks right now because I can dip them in. Love ketchup. fish sticks. I know me too. You like them with ketchup? I'm fat. I am too, but we don't. <laughs> Scrambled eggs with ketchup? No, not really. Okay. But if some got on there because of my home fries. Oh, no. I'm all right, I'm all right with that. <laughs> okay. we got to get into wrestling. Mary and you is going to fight. All right. Okay. You uh, you end up returning to Smoky Mountain Wrestling on August 4th. So you what left year? in July at uh, 95. What? So you left in July, and now August 4th, you are back with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You're at the Knoxville City Coliseum for their gigantic 
Oh. Super Bowl of Wrestling show. So I was there, but I didn't work on that show, I don't think. Did I? You got Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker on the card. Is yep. it weird to walk back in the locker room knowing that Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker are here at yeah. Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Yeah, I, I don't remember working at that show, but I remember I was there. Maybe I did. I don't know. Um, you opened the show and defeated D'Lo. Oh, well, looky there. There you have it. Um, I, I, remember, I remember being at that show. I just didn't remember working at all. I remember the main event because I was everything overshadowed, was overshadowed by the main event. It was my father versus Terry Funk. Uh, and like, uh, if Terry wins, my dad leaves Smoky Mountain forever or whatever, you know. Uh, and Terry Funk, I remember the, the backstage the whole day, Terry Funk just kept saying, ARP, ARP, ARP. And the whole joke to him was, me and him and my father were both old enough to get AARP. And so they was literally in throughout the whole match. He would hit my dad and go, ARP, ARP. And he was just yelling ARP because they were old, two old guys. And then he put, he did the old stack of chairs in the middle of the ring, put my dad yeah. on it, went to the top, did the moonsault. Dad moved. He ate the chairs. Dad beat him. Sold out Knoxville. Well, sold out. But Knoxville went crazy. Uh, that was like the last show uh, that I remember going to in Knoxville, tell you the truth. So you don't remember if they were, if Sean and Undertaker are, are they leaders in the locker room? Or are they just so getting Sean their check was not, and moving Sean, on? Sean was not, uh, Sean was, this was them brought in to do this one show as a favor. Okay. This was not those guys in the locker room. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. You know what I'm saying? This Did you was, talk to him? Do you remember oh, that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember standing there talking to Sean with my father and brother when Sean talked to my brother. Yeah, I remember you fired me and brought your kid in, <laughs> Tracy Smothers. <laughs> and my dad said, yes, I did. I remember that well. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> because apparently him and him and they were making trouble. And then Stevie and Tracy got fired by WCW and they go, well, Hey, I know where we can get a babyface tag team for, you know, half the price. And, uh, <laughs> and they're local <laughs> and you know, okay, great. We'll bring in the young boys or whatever they're called. <laughs> like we said, you opened the show and defeated D'Lo Brown with a DDT. And it's noted you guys got a huge pop. Well, people recognize you coming off of WWF TV. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask how you feel about being out the ring, but you didn't even know no, you were I here. I was in it. So, <laughs> uh, you were, you will well, run into. When you in... say it that way, Cassio, <laughs> it makes me sound bad. <laughs> You'll run into D Lo later in on the WWF with DX versus the Nation, of course. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people spotlight D Lo and the unfortunate accident he had with another wrestler, but yeah. let's talk about this. How good was D'Lo? I think he's, he's underrated. 100% underrated. D'Lo was great. Look, D'Lo was always good. D'Lo was the, uh, the in my mind, was the workhorse and the backbone of the nation. And, and yeah. I dare, dare I say that, but I just did, so I dare. Uh, but, but like, I, I look, I think his work was very underrated, and I think he can go. He, when in his prime, he could have got in there and gone with anybody. And right. and that I'm saying I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have gone in there and worked with a luchador or somebody with a different style and had any idea what I was doing. But he was he was prepared and he was really good in the ring. So yeah, underrated for sure. Always a awesome match. One time he got me in a Boston Crab for a shoot, and like I got to the ropes and he had to break it, and I just looked up at him and I said. 
don't get me, don't do that. Don't get me in that. Like, don't do that. That hurt, and I can't get out of it. And like, I, I don't even know what we're doing right now. Like, it hurt my feelings. It. it hurt my feelings more than anything because I don't. What do I do? I don't know. You just lay there with your bent in half. You know what I mean? You sound like my wife on my honeymoon. All right, let's go. Uh, it hurt, like, and I couldn't get out like of you it. On your <laughs> and I was bent in half, and I couldn't do anything about it. At the time, Smoky Mountain's running an angle between itself and the USWA in Memphis, baby. Mm-hmm. The long-standing ties with the USWA and the Jarrett family makes this natural feud for you to walk right into, right? I mean, this is... it. The timing was just... It happened. It was coincidence. Yeah. But this is a good thing for you. You know both families. You're ready to go. Well, creatively, it's awesome. And it's, right. it's also in my wheelhouse because it's literally my house uh, of family members. And so both 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 have worked in both places throughout the years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a natural thing for me. And I don't have a job, so I can be the regular every week on TV if you need me. I think it, during this uh, time... My dad and brothers were driving up there. Um, I think I still lived in Memphis at the time. So I was, uh, yeah, I was, because my wife used to drop me off at TV tapings in Memphis. Uh, and then awesome. I, have to, I would have to ride with somebody else to uh, Nashville that night because we <laughs> tape on, on Saturday morning and then at, beg somebody to drop me off at my house. Um, but that was good times, man. Uh, are you, what's you and Jeff's uh, relationship at this point? This is August 95. Are you yeah. guys talking? What's, what's going on here? Oh yeah. So, so, and, and this is another thing that was, that I also don't understand things going around me when I, when I was in this period of time, like where was Jeff at during this period of time is my question. Cause look, Jeff and I's relationship never, uh, wavered one way or the okay. other. What, what happened was we were distant and that's what happens a lot in this, in this business is you become friends with somebody and then you and that guy don't work together for a while. It's, it's like, it's, it's that old friend from high school that you may not stay in touch with, but you see him and you go, dang man. And everything's just good, you know? And, and so that's how me and Jeff have always been, but I just wasn't for sure where he was at this time. This may be when I figured out like, Hey, did he go to WCW? And I'm <laughs> <laughs> Back here in Memphis, <laughs> and uh, and so that was about. But but still, even still, like I never because look, that was my decision. I made a decision. Now I got to yeah. live with the consequences, and that was that was. And he told me when I was making the decision, Brian, you don't have to do this. Like that's that's. He's laying flat of his back in Nashville Coliseum and looks up at me and he says, Brian, you don't have to do this. And that's a true story. And so he he knew that I was making a mistake but he let me make it and it, and I appreciate that. And, and I don't mean that uh, sarcastically at all. I appreciate I'll that. I'll tell him you meant it. It was a value. <laughs> I know you will. Um, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate that, man. That's, that's the way I learned stuff. And I learned a valuable lesson about this industry that both Jeff and my father both tried to tell me like, Hey, that kind of loyalty is not good for you individually in this business. And so it was, it's a hurtful lesson that you, where you go like, ow, that hurts. Why can't we all be friends? Uh, but, but it's not the, that's not the way the beast (laughs) brawls. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta go with the punches. I don't know this. So this is just me playing psychologist a little bit. And, you know, you hear about it with, uh, coaches and other athletes where they go, Hey, I, I got to deal with this guy. He likes to be 
chewed out and this guy you yeah. got to coddle him yeah was that you at the time maybe of uh, you you're not listening to advice you're just the guy that needs to you need to fail and go hey man that yeah. was a bad choice and i yeah. know that going on yeah a hundred percent i had to and, and that's the that's what i took away from it i didn't take away from it well dang jeff he should have saved me you know what I mean? Like, what was Jeff? What did Jeff have to do with this? Right. And that's when you got to look at yourself and go, "Hey, I, I, everybody told me not to do this," or, or my father, you know, didn't know I was going to, so he post post uh, act told me about it. Um, but they tried to help me, and I didn't listen. Look, I, I told the same stories in the in the past about Undertaker and and uh, Jim Ross and people trying to help me, and me bucking the system and yelling at them and telling them they don't know me and telling them you know you know. It was me being stupid and high and egotistical and, you know, all of the above, all negative character traits, but you have to identify them before you can remove them. So I had to go through all that to get to where I'm at. Jeff had no part. <laughs> he played no part in the business decisions that I made. Uh, your brother is with Smoky Mountain, as we mentioned, your dad is as well. So this had to be, this had to be super cool and comforting to go, Hey, I'm, I'm walking into a place where I can yeah, immediately yeah, well, fit in. Well, and and I can immediately uh, am comfortable too. Because right. look, I I, well, I I don't know how much I talk about it on here, but I know I have. I got anxiety, and I've had anxiety for a long time. And it's and I dealt. You know, one way to deal with anxiety is just get hammered and and find oblivion, and you don't worry about anything then. Um, and so that was the '90s. And so then, what I do now is I try to I try to not alter my mind and uh, and and keep focused on everything except the conversation that we're having right now because I forgot where I was at. We're talking about how comfortable you were in the locker room. I sure was with your family. <laughs> the question sure is, was. when you put on your tight briefs, road yeah. dog. Yep. Are you comfortable? Or is there a little too much hair down there? Well, so hmm? last time I was wrestling and I got somebody in a headlock or a leg scissor, excuse me. It yeah. looked like it looked like I had buckwheat in a head scissors, <laughs> but the guy was bald that I that I was doing it to. So, well, it was me. So, I must yes. not remember that. But <laughs> thankfully for you, since then you have found our friends, Manscaped. Manscaped. That's right. This there. episode of Oh You Didn't Know is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, Manscaped, the global leader, leaders in below the waist grooming. They are leaving 2022 with brand new products: the Preserve, the Cologne, the Preserve Body Wash. And 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing. Dog, you've been there in the ring with a bunch of gentlemen. You've been in leg scissors. You've been in headlocks. Yeah. I bet it stinks. For, for, For the most part, the gentlemen are pretty worried about themselves and so they're taken care of but are look, they i have been on the south end of a northbound uh rakishi <laughs> I, have been, I was gonna ask who was kicking the most yeah there yeah you go. no 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 rakishi obviously had the promo code then because really clean as a whistle actually nice. a couple of times i said could we get the stink face in tonight because it's just <laughs> it's like a breath of fresh air <laughs> But he obviously had the promo code to the Manscaped. Give us it's, somebody who was kicking a little bit. A little bit more than they should. 
That's all right. Well, Could have been an accident. No, yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people stink. I mean, that's. But that's <laughs> give me uh, one. Well, that, me one. no, I'm not going to give you a. Give name. me one. So can I say one thing that's weird and going to make people mad? <laughs> okay. A lot of the wrestlers from the UK. Oh, the, look, you're just stating fact. Well, you're stating your I know, experience. but I feel bad because you didn't I stereotype like, I, I lo- oh, God. Did I? Didn't I? What's your sure experience? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? I don't. I don't know. I feel Do bad that like I said that. Chips? No, because if they did, I would lick them. Um, because I love fish and chips. Did but you in Germany, call them a tartar sauce. <laughs> I do tartar sauce too. But in Germany is where I learned from Mick McMichael, the old wrestler slash referee yeah. who was from Scotland, uh, to put that vinegar and stuff on there. Oh, that malt vinegar. On Wait, my, on not on your boys. You're talking about on your fish and chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did but, they smell like they've had vinegar so, everywhere? So, that's how I feel, though, after I do the refresher. What was uh, it called? The, uh, the, pres- the uh, preserver, the preserver cologne the pre- and the body wash. The preserver, though. You've the, got the, the toner. Yeah. Go ahead. And you got the reviver. How oh, about the that? reviver. That's what yeah. I do after I shower. I put the reviver on. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Manscaped wants to help you not smell like an English wrestler. Oh, and With this on. special officer, offer, use the code D-O-G-G for 20% off. And free shipping at manscaped.com. Take the leap into your new year and join the 7 million men who already trust Manscaped. Uh, those 7 million do not include UK wrestlers, apparently. <laughs> That's not to true. See, you took something <laughs> that I, I didn't want to say, and now you're making a big deal out of it. And look, it's true. It's damn true. But I don't want to hurt none of their feelings. I like them all. It was I, just I'm not your gonna, personal experience. I've never smelled a uh, stinky Englishman. You have. But only in the rain. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're just walking around. Right. You know what I mean? That's (laughs) why I want to make that clear. They ain't just beef Mexi-melting all over the place. They're they're literally, like, working in the ring and sweating. So, it's okay if you get put in a head scissors and you smell less than perfect. It's, you're out there working hard against another man. (laughs) Bluetooth or not? No, I'm sorry. Mountain. I'm sorry, not Bluetooth. Manscaped. Manscaped We're gonna, gonna get love there this one. right now. This one. Please don't beef Maxi Melt in 2023. 23-3 <laughs> is on the way, and the last. Hey, can thing I you tell want... you somebody that used to beef? <laughs> oh, please. Bless his heart, Scott. Come Hall. on. Really? Yep. All the time? No, not all the time. When when he but, would work, and and after we work, you know what I mean? It would just be like. And he knew it, and he would go like, "God, I got to get in the shower." Like okay. I, and so it wasn't, but but it was. I just wanted the to worst is the guys that don't know it. That's the worst. And you go, guys, we got we got to tell them. We got to figure out how to. Tell I know. Them. Well, that's because honestly, like if you were my friend and I had a big booger hanging out of my nose, dude, you got to tell me I got a booger hanging out of my nose. Yeah. And so so just please care care about me that much. Same exact metaphor goes to work. When I saw you at Starcast, you were like, dog, you're fat. And I was yeah. like, I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, but I'm glad you told me. I didn't know until you told me. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I did not say that. Yeah. I probably said you put on some weight. Or... <laughs> Here's the deal. Right hey, now. Can I you. say something real quick? Yes. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. go ahead, please. I'll get back to it. <laughs> We gotta 2023 get is on the way, and the last thing you want to be is the guy with pubes getting in your way of making it your best yet. Oh, Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is the oh. leader of the performance package 4.0, or as I call it, the perfect package 
oh, form a well, package. Right? Far, far from perfect, but we'll do Manscaped it. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. This new year, shave the loose pines off your wood with the best tool for the job, the signature lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped is here to take down every pube in its path. <laughs> Having trouble dealing with the wild weeds in your nose and ears? Manscaped has you covered. Their weed whacker will change the game for you to whack your worst weeds. I'll tell you right now. Hey, the weed whacker has literally changed my life. life I, I didn't know I had an ear problem. I had an ear hair problem <laughs> until I got the weed whacker and run it up in there and was like, my gosh, this thing's about to run out of battery just clearing <laughs> hey, out of my ears. It does sound like you're uh, landscaping when you're doing it. Oh, like it, it, but it, it is. I, it, look, I've been traveling a lot lately, and I <laughs> a lot, and and this thing goes with me everywhere. The Come weed on whacker, now. the weed whacker, and the uh, the lawnmower. Is that yeah. what the other one? Yeah, the lawnmower yeah. because. Dude, I, I trim everything with it, yeah. with it, and 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 I don't want to smell, so I so I clean myself and and use <laughs> use this stuff. I don't want to sound all crazy, but like I do use it, and they are awesome. And I, I've said this before, but what I love about the weed whacker is like it feels like it's a degum, like you could pull a pin and throw it, and it would blow up or something. <laughs> like it's a military <laughs> device. Like it's totally uh, yeah. You could kill somebody with that thing. It's ready and I, to I don't, go. I don't recommend that. But if somebody breaks into my hotel room while I'm cleaning my nose out, they're getting the eye socket full of weed whacker. <laughs> Best as you can hear when it cavity. gets a hold of a hair. Oh, yeah. It'll go, yeah. and yeah. it'll get on it, son. <laughs> it will. <laughs> it does exactly. That's a very good uh, rendition, actually. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And you're like, man, I, feel, I can hear now. I can hear. <laughs> it's like I lost 20 pounds. Yeah. Uh, I think confidence is going to be the king in 2023. And you know what else I'm confident about? Smelling like a million bucks woo! instead of a UK wrestler. Can you you ask and Manscaped. Yeah, you can woo. Okay. Woo! You ask and Manscaped answered, introducing the brand new Manscaped Preserve Body Wash and Preserve Cologne. Talk about being clean and feeling and smelling good. The new Preserve Man, I, Body Wash. I love this picture, too. I hope everybody's yeah. watching. It's a beautiful Look picture you. of me. I kind of I kind of work with the background color-wise. You got so that travel bag, dog? I do have that travel yep. bag. <laughs> Looks good, my man. And it, uh, yeah, it does look good, and it fits in my bag perfectly, and all of that stuff fits right in it. So uh, this is a purchase. If you're a grown man, uh, this is a purchase uh, that's not a, just a purchase. This is an investment. The new Preserve Body Wash and Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition for your daily grooming routine. But in the shower, this body wash has a light woodsy scent and is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. And the new Preserver Cologne, Preserve Cologne is like the body wash, but with a light woodsy scent that answers the call of the wild by leaving you smelling like a man forged from earth. It's also... Cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and vegan, so you know you're in the right hands while smelling right. Use the code D-O-G-G for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. 2023 is on its way. The woods are here and smelling amazing. And if you're ready to jump in and join us with Manscaped, get 20% off and free shipping with the code what? What's the code? D-O-G-G. Yep, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code D-O-G-G. Happy New Year's 
to Happy your balls. Happy New Year's and to wait, was that on the read too? Happy yes. New Year's to your balls. Well, good. Happy, Happy New, New Year's, Year's to, to your balls. To, I'll just say to you and yours. To you <laughs> and yours, my yeah, friend. That makes sense. All right, if that you was want a good read. Hey, that, that, you know. Look, Look, I get the sweating when I talk. We're about telling the truth, though. Manscaping. That's why it we got excited about it. The truth. It is a hundred percent the truth, and that's. I mean, that's if that if that don't sell it for you, I don't know what you need. Look at this. Yeah, look at there. Your balls they, will thank you. <laughs> that's what it says right on there. Yeah, that's my pack. My look package just came. Look, look at that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Look, I'm ready to go. When you see me next, I'm going to be toned, preserved, yeah. smelling good, the whole deal. We call it toned and boned. <laughs> I don't think we call it that. I just made that up. I probably shouldn't even have said it, but it just came out. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. If you love this show, use the hashtag toned and boned, or you can use the hashtag corny dog to interact with us. And let's let us know let, what you let's think leave about that this. up to them. Which yeah. hashtag do you like better? Up to them. Hashtag corny dog. What was the other one? Toned and boned. <laughs> toned and toned boned. and boned. All right, let's get back you into know, this. America, I know what they're going to choose. They're what gonna, are they going to choose? They're a nasty gaggle. Our listeners are going to yeah. choose toned and boned. Yeah, hundred percent. Sure. <laughs> That's a fact. All right, from the Observer, the, it says the biggest thing on the television show was an interview with Bob Armstrong attempting to logically explain the SMW wrestlers being heels at the USWA shows. Mm-hmm. Armstrong claimed the whole thing started when a few USWA wrestlers, PG 13, appeared on SMW shows and became disruptive influences and disrupted television tapings. Armstrong said. How when the SMW wrestlers went to USWA, they were treated shabbily and got mm-hmm. raw deals yeah. and were the victim of biased hometown officiating. Yeah. He showed a tape of the match where Billy Jack Haynes regained the USWA title from Brad Armstrong in Memphis, which was heavily edited and claimed USWA sent him the tape edited, inferring that a lot of underhanded Tactics were tactics used from the officials. Yep, and that's erased what he meant the by tape. the underhanded local, mm-hmm. ha- uh, local underhanded officiating. He said that he's instructed the SMW wrestlers to fight fire with fire. I mean, he is the fighting fireman, yep. uh, and wrestle as dirty as they've been treated when they're in the USWA, oh. and even they're in SMW against USWA wrestlers, and said that he has been forced to consider the USWA as a enemy. Oh. Promotion, your dad is great right here, right? Enemy dog? of the state, they have been declared an enemy. Yes, it's all. Uh, he was totally oh. in heel character, and he's <laughs> selling <laughs> like, this, this fantastic. Yeah, this is look. This was actually really fun and and a really good deal uh, to be involved in. So I, I loved it, and I, yeah, I thought it was. I just you reading it took me back to. Oh, I hear where he's going, and I'm yeah. and he's laying it on thick. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's heavily edited, but they did that. They not did us. that. Yeah, yeah, that was they, they sent took it out to all us. Those shady stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as it. we as we continue in the USWA, the SMW feud continues to be phased down as nobody from SMW 
was on the show this week. The big push this week was for Brian James, a.k.a. Rhodey, oh. who changed his name again this week yep. to Jesse James Armstrong. Yeah. On his debut last week, they never acknowledged him as the Rhodey. But this week, Jerry Lawler did an interview calling him the Rhodey and acknowledged his WWF past. Armstrong said there was nobody in USWA or WWF that was good enough to beat him and ended up getting into an argument with Lawler on television. This set up a singles match where Brian Lee interfered for the DQ and Pal drove Lawler. Yes. Later in the show, Lawler said he had a lot of friends in the WWF and he called him up. Oh. And so the WWF said he could pick anyone in the promotion to be his partner, and he said he wanted the toughest guy, so he picked Sid Vicious. Oh. Anyway, Did Waller and Sid lost via DQ on the top four <laughs> show. <laughs> what a great line from the Observer. Uh, anyway, yeah. they lost. <laughs> Dog, Did I, I, work, I don't remember working with Sid ever. Uh... Well, you Brian sure Lee I... interfered. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I guess we did. Lawler got piled drove the whole deal. You're you're getting to work with the King of Memphis, standing in yeah. a professional wrestling ring in Memphis, yeah. across from Jerry Lawler, yeah, live on television. Oh yeah, this is an incredible big deal for you, for, right? For me, a hundred percent. Now, for anybody, if, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but but for me, especially because I knew the 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 gravity of, of Lawler in Memphis, just like a Jarrett in Memphis, just like a Fuller. And you know what I mean? Like there were just like Dundee, just like there, there, there are some stalwarts in, in Memphis that were there and that were always there and could always come back and, and get a huge pop. But, but King was that, it was just that King was the King of Memphis. And so, yeah, it was a huge deal. Now, now look, granted, I still was in the old, uh, not appreciating what, where I was and, and what I had. And at the same time, Talk about a pay cut. Uh, go, going from being the roadie and working at WrestleManias to uh, to working in that. So this is just reality talking and not, you know, you know I, I, guess it's, I guess it's fantasy or whatever or lore or whatever that, that is that, oh, my Lord, he was in the ring with Jerry Lawler in Memphis. Yes, there right. is something to that. But I had a baby on the way, and I – was making $300 a week. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was not the, uh, the ideal life, life moment that you're, you exactly expect it to be. But in retrospect, you definitely can go, wow, big moment, cool moment. Uh, and, and was a great way to start my run there with, with, uh, USWA, you know, uh, you mentioned, uh, you, you don't really remember working, tagging with Brian Lee and you worked with Sid and Lawler, but just overall, in general, what's what's your thoughts on working with Sid throughout your career? Well, so I so so Sid 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 and I got into an argument one time, and it was over downtown Bruno because he he loved downtown Bruno and and, and look, I was a young smart mouth kid, and I said something and I don't remember what it was, but he got pissed and I said I'm sorry. Um, so that was the only that was the only thing ever that we ever I've seen each we've seen each other since then. Everything's fine. Like I got no problem with him. I didn't work with him a ton, so I wasn't. And when I did, I was uh, not here, I wasn't. But when I worked with him at the WWE, it was almost like, yeah, he was a bigger draw and a bigger attraction, but I was with Jeff, and so we were at a cool attraction too. So yeah. I almost felt like, well, me and him are, are equals. You know what I mean? Right. Like we're, and so I didn't, 
but we, but we didn't talk a whole bunch. We didn't work together, so we didn't spend a lot of time together. Look, he's a kind of dude like me. He likes to hang to himself or hang to people he knows and do his own thing and don't get in my way and, and everything will be fine. And the one day I got in his way, obviously, I said something about his buddy. And, and I wasn't talking bad about Bruno. It was I was saying something to Bruno uh, that obviously Sid didn't like. Uh, and so he stepped up for his friend, and, and, and rightfully so. Um, so yeah, I didn't work with him a ton. So I don't know how he got when you went go to put a match together. Is he very protective of his character? Is he very, you know what I mean? Like, is he is he what people would call difficult to work with? I, I wouldn't know that because I never had the opportunity. Um, but man, what a big, huge, scary dude. Like yeah. in real life and on camera and everything. Like what a real life monster of a man who's not that way at all. Uh, in real life, you know what I mean? And, and I love watching him just waffle a softball. Uh, <laughs> it's always good My to see a big, Oh My yeah. It's always rake. good to see a big dude just drive a ball 400 yards. Did you ever talk feet, to Lawler at this time about walking out on WWF? No, I look okay. Lawler knew I was a friggin' idiot. You know, it wasn't long after this I showed. <laughs> wasn't long after this I missed a show and showed up with a tattoo on my head on TV, and he oh. was like, "Yeah, you were sick, huh?" And so, so it was. Uh, you know what I mean? Lawler knew where to stand, okay. and look, he also knew in his defense. He also knew he's fresh off of their TV. We can use him and beat him a couple times with, you know, I, I can work with him. We can do that. We can, you know, Brian, his son could work with me. So it's a, it's a Gives smart them credibility. Yeah. It's a smart business move too yeah. for them. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I loved, always loved working there with those guys. You go super heel on USWA TV and you call Dave Brown, Murphy Brown and push yeah. down announcer, Corey Macklin. Corey Macklin said, Corey Was Macklin it? had a great voice for wrestling, but he, Sometimes you talk like this. <laughs> was this uh, the uh, strongest heel you had been to this point? This is a good heel for you, right? Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Well, this was also fun for me. You know what I yeah. mean? Like this was, this was a. Uh, I got to step out of the limelight of Jeff, and 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 just stand on my own. So it was it was scary, uh, but it was also like, okay, this is this is what I'm gonna do if I'm a heel. And and I was still finding my way around promos and still do it, you know, still working on, on honing my craft and, and also honing who I was or who I thought I was or who I was going to pretend to be. Um, but this was pivotal time in that, in that process for me professionally. Um, so like, if you want to watch anything that was very, uh, crucial to my time as a wrestler at all it, you'd watch the uswa stuff because it just gave me an opportunity to be my own person and some of it worked and some of it did not um but but it's fun watching someone growing and trying and 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 trying as hard as they can to to be something you know what i mean and yeah. not knowing what that something was just yet uh, can you explain to our listeners, maybe they're younger, maybe they were from a different area at the time and haven't seen a lot of Memphis wrestling, yeah. how important were the likes of Dave Brown and Lance Russell to Memphis oh, wrestling? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so they were the storytellers. I mean, they were my – they were – for, for local wrestling and look, Hey, I, I didn't even live there. I never seen Memphis wrestling and I'm not even kidding because this was so old that in Florida, I couldn't see Memphis wrestling right. at the time. We didn't have this wonderful thing called 
the world. Uh, yeah. But but it was it was so I never saw. But I know the type because my dad was in Continental, and it's the same thing. Whoever is your announcer on that Continental is your friend, and and this is so so this in USWA Dave Brown and uh, and uh, what was the other guy's Lance name? Russell. Lance Russell. I'm sorry, dang, how did I forget Lance Russell? He's the he's the one. Downtown Dave Brown is is good too, but Lance is the guy. Those are my friends, and they give me my information. They give me and tell me the story and tell me what I'm supposed to think every week, every yeah. week on TV because they're local celebrities and and I care what they think and I agree with them most of the time. Um, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. man, it's heartfelt. It's connection. It's connectivity um, to the product. To the, yeah, it's it's their they are the backbone. Then what you got to do is just put some interesting stories and, and some good wrestling together, and you got yourself a television show. In one of the last matches, Lawler would headline before focusing fully on WWF run. He defeats you in the main event on September 11th for 1,080 fans, and somehow the announcers get involved when Brandon Baxter tries oh, yeah. to help, but Corey Macklin made the save for Lawyer. <laughs> This has got to be a fun feather in your cap right here. For a lawler. Well, speaking of feathers, you can see the picture there. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Baxter doesn't have any hair anymore, but it was definitely feathered then. And I don't know what <laughs> that was going on with me. Uh, I should have been canceled for, for just looking like that. Um, but, but that's how I looked, and it was a long time ago. Uh, but look, Brandon Baxter. <laughs> yeah, they were tight, too. Um, look, it's a great time in my career. I loved working with Brandon. Uh, Brandon's doing great for himself, too, and does a, a radio deal over in uh, Arkansas, Jonesboro, Arkansas, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, he's doing well, and, and uh, I had a great time doing that stuff. But, but you see, so where was that at? Did it say where that match was? Uh, I did not. Maybe thousand people. Maybe. And this was this – was, uh, so I worked a couple of times in the Mid-South Coliseum before it closed. Um, and so that oh, was nice. a big deal to me. And I'm wondering if this wasn't one of them because a thousand seats, a big, big arena for, for, uh, Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. yeah because the they would do Jonesboro, Arkansas. They would do little towns with an armory or something, you know what I mean? And have 400, 500 people max. And so a thousand people was a good house. It must've been somewhere decent. Um, and it feels like Smoky Mountain aspect of the feud has been scaled way back as it's barely mentioned. Was it because, do you remember, I know this was a smoky time in your uh, time as well. <laughs> was it because Smoky Mountain was having issues? Are you aware of that? Are you aware of what's going I, no, on so, here? So or are you I just focused on you? I wasn't aware of it at the time. Okay. But, excuse me, what I do remember was they were about to go out of business. And, uh, and, and I don't know if we got, if we were the last ditch effort or if there was a business deal possibly Already going working. through a merger okay. or something, you know, a buyout. So, so I don't really know what was going down, but looking back at it, it seems like, yeah, they were definitely in a tailspin. You did uh, hear whispers. Yes. Yes, for okay. sure. Lord Varish told me whispers. <laughs> Little finger was all up yeah. in your ear. Yes. Uh, my lady on the nine eighteen show, even though they had two loser leaves town matches on top, the show only drew 950. Brian Christopher and Sid oh. Vicious beat Billy Jack Haynes and Jesse James Armstrong on top when Christopher pinned Haynes. Good thing Billy Jack took the pin, right? Do you have any good yeah. Billy Jack stories? I'm going to be honest, man. I don't even Come remember on. working with him. That's fine. I really That's, don't, dude. I didn't, you were I, you're smoking saying Mountain something. Wrestling. I was definitely smoking Mountain Wrestling. <laughs> but, I, but that's the truth, man. I... 
If you don't have a good story, you don't have one. I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think about actually work wrestling the dude. (laughs) Not only do I not have a story, I don't remember getting in the ring with the guy. Well, how about this? You then win the USWA title from Brian Christopher on a live TV show with the help from Brandon Baxter. Dog, who the hell was Brandon Baxter? He was just a You talked little... about he had feathered hair, but... Yeah, yeah. Look, that was him, and he could take bumps, and he could, was a decent talker, and so he was a local guy that was that was a manager, and, and, like, he was a good manager, and they thought, like, put this little package together, and you can have a heel, and you can cheat every time with the little guy that you can beat up to. You know what I mean? Like, it was yep. a good deal to have as a champion, to have this little heater that can also take some bumps, and I can scoot out of town. You know what I mean? What? So, I, like, I thought it was a good little deal, and this kid was a good kid for the package for the deal do you remember was it a big deal for you to win that title and and it it was it it was to me for real but i didn't show it because i didn't want to seem like i was a mark but but the truth of it is i was a mark and i still am and when i won that title it meant a lot to me and And how big of a deal was it to win it from brian I mean, Brian well, look, it was, it was, yeah, time. it was, yeah. and he was in Memphis and he was on top of the world too. Yeah. And he was, he was inches from, from a WWE contract. You know what I mean? And so look, it was when King went on, Brian was the baby face. And so how do you, what do you do? Okay. Let's put this, let's put this heel on top, this new heel that still has a little bit of, yeah, he got beat a couple of times when he came in by, by big top stars and Sid Vicious and everything. But so I still had a little bit of steam. So I think creatively in business, from a business standpoint, it was a good decision to put the title on me and put Brandon with me as a little, you know, uh, heat seeker. And and together we would have a little decent run. And, and Brian and I, I actually remember this, um, Brian and I actually drew money around the loop working for the title. And that was the first time, this is why it meant something to me, that was the first time I'd ever in my life even thought of the aspect of Oh, my match and me being on top is actually at helping people buy, you know, pushing people to buy Directly tickets. Directly proportional yeah, to yeah, your paycheck. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and, and that was, look, it's very on a very small scale. I'm not saying that I, you know, outdrew Elvis in Columbus. I'm just saying I, I, we, we drew money yeah. in retrospect to the last tour you know what i mean the last couple of months we've been going through these towns now we're in this storyline on tv and we're sinking our teeth into it and the towns are getting better you know what i mean and so it's it's the first time in my career that i understood and it mattered to me that oh man i'm i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing but at the time it was a lot of responsibility and i don't think i was ready uh, personally for that responsibility professionally like i said i think it was a good move but personally i just wasn't ready to be the guy from the observer 10 2395 after drawing the smallest crowd of the year at the mid-south coliseum on 10 9 uh, was that six- the thousand seater nope uh, Mid-South the, Coliseum might have been, yeah. Yeah, that's they what said I'm wondering had, because they closed. I mean, it closed. I worked there a, t- shortly three after. Time, two or three times, and, it, and we never went back. And so that was. You had 600 fans and a gate of $4,400. It was back to reviving the interpromotional feud that did the big business over the summer as Bob Armstrong, Jim Cornette, and the Heavenly Bodies were all at the 1014 television show. And Billy Jack Haynes, who Road Dog does not remember, returned and immediately <laughs> turned babyface. Much of this revolved around the storyline from the 10-9 main event with Brian Christopher and Miss Texas oh. versus Jesse James Armstrong and Brandon Baxter in a hospital <laughs> elimination match 
even though the faces won, Texas did a major juice job and was savagely beaten in the match. First of all, how good was Jackie? She's incredible. Uh, incredible. What Miss Texas had to bleed. Human. Wrestling's yeah. a lot different back in '95, but yeah, she was incredible. Yep, and so so the she had never gotten color, so they asked me to wow. cut her. <laughs> That's wow. something that I don't tell everybody, but I just did. Uh, but like, it was a weird thing for me. I'd only done it a couple of times, and and so I was like, "You want me to do it?" I was like, "I don't." So you had to cut her. She didn't yeah. play herself. I don't know. I'm not sure that it was this match because that what I what I remember it was a first blood match with I think with Luna. And I went down and did it when the referee, they bumped the referee. Uh, I went down. So, so maybe was you actually, did that to prepare for this one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe right? she did because she got it this time. Wow. Um, do you know how the SMW-USAW deal comes back together? Were you involved in any of that or were you just I was not. I, I was not. And look, tr truth be told, uh, my dad probably wasn't even that mixed up in it either. Okay. I'm sure it was like dad showed up and just – did what they had for him and and what that your dad dad was the kind of guy and look i by example that's who i watched right when dad in in this in this business when dad showed up and they had something for him he'd go okay yep i got it and he would have it but he would have it in his own way and he would pr perform Put his great. own spin on you know it what i mean yeah he would do it great yeah. and everybody'd be happy as pigs and poop and and so that's what i did like in my that's why i never like looked at something but once in my life and went i'm not doing this this is great this ain't me um because i just couldn't even see myself talking doing that acting that way um but it was i don't know you get your you get your words and so that's probably what 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 I, I know it's what I was doing. Yeah. I'm just thinking it's what Dad was doing at the time too. He had already run his had his run of running a company and owning part of it and doing all that. This was him just getting a payday and working with his boys uh, and having fun. You know. Back to the Observer. Randy Hales did an interview mm -hmm. saying that he and Eddie Marlin decided that after what Armstrong and Baxter had done, they were leveling the biggest fine in the history of the USWA. No amount was ever mentioned, letting your imagination run wild on both of them. Armstrong and Baxter started arguing with Armstrong, saying that the USWA belt doesn't pay enough money to afford to pay such a big fine. Whoa. He was right, though. I mean, if it was a big fine, I wouldn't have been able to pay for it. Like, it was, it was definitely tuna and ragweed at this time. Is how we, how we were living. They continue in another interview segment later in the show. Armstrong and Baxter confronted Hales, who told them they had two choices, either pay the fine or hit the road. Bob hit Armstrong. Hit the road, Jack. Don't Armstrong. come back no more. No, 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 more, no, no, more, no. Hit the road, Jack. Jack. Don't, Don't come you come back, back no more. more. What's your <laughs> Bob Armstrong then came out as heel SMW commissioner and said how USWA was mistreating his son. Yes. Like they mistreated his wrestlers. And Bob said that Hales realized that nobody in the territory could beat his son, so they came up with this fine to get him to leave town yep. and they could get their title back. He mentioned how his that's son. Good. By the that's way, that's good. He should have been a lawyer. Like a He's southern lawyer. It's hard for you right I mean, here. I, son, I, well, I see, I see. Okay, he mentioned how his son was a hero in the Persian Gulf War yep. and should be treated with more respect. Hales told Bob to leave and said he'd have him thrown out physically. And Bob said that he knew Hales wasn't going to be the one to throw him out. <laughs> and Christopher, that sounds like a Bob line, yeah, by the way. Yeah. 
Uh, Christopher then came out and called the Armstrong family trash. What? And Jesse James and Bob attacked Christopher in a wild brawl, which saw Christopher hit Bob with a chair. And finally, Doug Gilbert came out to even the odds. Holy I, crap, I dog. You your dad's getting hit with a chair. I don't know. You're, you're tough old son of a gun, isn't he, man? Yes, he is. Um, yes, yes, he was. That's for sure. Um but I probably, and I don't know this for a fact, I probably beat the crap out of both Doug and Brian <laughs> during this fight. This was a time where I was like I was young and hungry, and I and I and I liked it rough. And so, so, so when those when we got in this fight here, I can imagine both of them going to the back and going, "Jim, hey, Christmas, this new guy's beating the crap." <laughs> Oh, because they they would come back with it every now and then, and I'd think, oh, I must have got him with that uh, one. <laughs> yeah, that was for earlier. Yeah. Uh, later in the show, Armstrong defended the USWA belt against Gilbert. Both Bob and Steve Armstrong attacked Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Then the Heavenly Bodies and Jim Cornette joined in. Yep. While this was going on, Brandon Baxter and Miss Texas were brawling again. <laughs> Stephen Dunn and Axel Rotten then held the dressing room door. Until finally, PG-13 broke through and went after the bodies. Finally, uh, Haynes hit the ring like he was going to join the Hills, but instead he cleared house for the faces. The show ended with Hales refusing to drop the fight on Armstrong and Baxter, so Bob ended up punching Hales <laughs> just as the show went off. This fine gimmick, is this classic Cornette? Uh, yes, t- totally yeah. classic Cornette. Look, even you reading it, Sounds friggin' awesome. It sounds awesome. It <laughs> sounds. Like, I don't know what if anybody else thought so, but incredible. I, it just sounds incredible. I so want to go find that and watch that that end uh, of that show. You know what I mean? With Billy Jack coming in there, and you're thinking he's going to do one thing, and he does the other. I don't know. I'm a fan. It sounds chaos, but one of those where like every bit of it makes sense. Oh, like it, you it can see why sense. they did yeah. every bit of it. Why each beat made sense. Yep. Um, oh, I love it, and I defended the title. Come Successfully. on. And you didn't pay the fine. Mm-mm. I don't have on to. The, My daddy said I didn't have to. That's it. On the, t- on the 10, on the 1021 television show, Bob Armstrong said that he wanted to end the promotional war and said he'd call it off if USWA met four conditions. Four demands we had. He wanted the fine lifted on his son, Jesse James Armstrong, because yep. he said it was too much money and he didn't do anything wrong. He wanted Brian Unfounded. Christopher. Yeah, it is. He yeah. wanted Brian Christopher suspended for putting his hands on him last week on yeah. TV since Rightfully he's an so. SMW maybe, official. Maybe fired. I mean, we he just wanted Corey. He wanted Corey Macklin and Dave Brown, who wasn't there because he was attending the funeral of a family member. But he wanted both of them to apologize for negative comments about himself and SMW. And fourth. He wanted Randy Hales to quit the USWA yep. so the company would put somebody new in charge who could turn it into a successful operation. Later in the show, Hales came out and refused what? all four You know, we, we had a brainstorming session about six months leading up to those four uh, demands. Yeah, we, it was, it was really? tested. Yeah, tested in think tanks, the whole deal. Really? Did no. You? You wrote it all out, the whole deal? We didn't. Okay. Uh. (laughs) Armstrong and Hales started arguing with Armstrong poking Hales, and Hales saying that he'll go to his grave before anyone calls him a coward. (laughs) Armstrong started... Don't call me a coward. Look at this. Hey, yes, you will. (laughs) 
Armstrong started started choking Hales when Eddie Marlin did a run in oh. chasing Armstrong off. Marlin said he'd been gone because his wife nearly died earlier <laughs> this year, which was by the way true, and said she was sick. Hales would always come to the hospital whenever he had free time between running the company and said Hales is like a son to him and he's done a great job running the company, but said after what happened last week, he had enough and was coming back to watch Barb oh, Armstrong Lord. and that he'd be in every city Barb Armstrong would be in. <laughs> Later in the show, Armstrong did another interview talking about Hales calling him fat and out of shape and took his own <laughs> shirt off to show how he kept himself in shape all these years, which one one considers Bob Armstrong's age. He actually doesn't look physically that far <laughs> off than what he looked 20 years ago, said the Observer. Yo, your dad didn't give a poop. No, at this but that time, was buddy. the thing. Like that's what no, and that's what was really fun. Was he? Yes. He's good. <laughs> he was really good at being a heel. He had a he had a continental heel run too, and uh, it was either southeastern championship wrestling or continental. But I, I know that lives. Ron Fuller owns that library. That's out there somewhere of his heel run there. But he got to do that again here, and he really didn't give a crap then. You know what I mean? He really was yeah. just having fun. We weren't we weren't uh, getting rich doing this by any means. Uh, but it was keeping me in a wrestling role and I was continuing my uh, education at this point so so he was helping me out a great deal too um but man he's so quick and good like that probably nobody probably fed him that he probably just said you talked about me being out of shape you talked and he nobody probably said that you know what I mean? <laughs> And he's he takes just, his shirt off. He, yeah, and he takes yeah. his shirt off because it's a, then he can have an excuse to take your shirt off and show you. You know what I mean? Like, and he's like, look at this, Randy Hales. And like, yeah. Randy Hales definitely didn't look like that. And neither did Eddie Marlin. By the way, speaking of Eddie Marlin, for those in the South, Barbara Armstrong and Eddie Marlin in a segment together is oh, gold, yeah. my yeah, friend. Yeah, it, it, is, it is gold, and, and it was that's why they brought him back. They thought, man, we can draw, and these old guys won't ever touch each other. Yes. You know what I mean? And so, so yeah, it was, a, it was a good thing. You're also building to a couple, a couple different matches. Brian Christopher puts his hair up against you oh. in a USWA title match in Memphis and gets the win, but just five days later, you team... With Tracy Smothers to defeat PG-13 to win the tag titles. There's a lot of names to discuss. We've talked about it a little (laughs) bit before. First off, everyone has a Tracy Smothers story. Give us one right now. Look at that shot. I mean, there's icons in that shot. Hey, right so, I mean, the truth be told, that is a great picture. It's me uh, doing a side chest pose. I must have been Look on at steroids. Look I, <laughs> I thought I was muscular at one point. <laughs> uh, I was wrong. Uh, but Tracy, yeah, Lance Russell, downtown Bruno, that is a good picture if you're watching. Man. Um, but, yeah, Tracy Smothers. What? I don't have a Tracy Smothers story. I have a Tracy Smothers uh, decade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have a Tracy Smothers uh, two decades, three decades. Um, but this was the first time Tracy and I got to, uh, got to tag. Um, and, and so I got to look, I'd known Tracy for, for 15 years already. Uh, This now we got to tag and literally make towns together and drive to these towns together. And that's when you really get to know somebody. That's when I really fell in love with Tracy Smothers. Um, and I, I would, pray that he felt the same way um but what a great guy and what a, so here's my one funny thing that i still do to this day that tracy smothers would do to me every time we were driving we'd be driving well two two, two things about his driving we'd be driving what well, this is one we'd be driving there's a bunch of cows over there and he would just go 
hey, look, there's your family. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know why, why that's funny or why it even means anything or it's matters. So good. But it was so good, and I would laugh. Another thing, he would see a house, like a big, nice house up on the wood, a hill, and he'd say, see that guy right there? He don't give a crap if we draw tonight. <laughs> And he was right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And it was just he would just say little things like that that I that I loved. Little Tracyisms. Um and then the other thing when he drove and he got told to get to telling a story, if the car didn't have cruise control, there was no telling what temp, what speed you'd be going. Flying. It could be a hundred and eight or eight. And it, yeah. it would be either just one. Depending like on you would the just story. go like, "Whoa, are we going forty miles an hour now, Tracy?" Um, <laughs> please put the cruise on, dude. Just and talk away. And uh, but yeah, so look, but I, I loved him. First, look, shoot story. My dad was booking the territory, and they brought in a wrestling bear. And Tracy said, "I'll wrestle the bear." And the, Tracy wrestled the bear around the loop. They were going to do it another week, and the guy came to my dad and said, "Will you please tell Tracy to lighten up on the bear?" Like that's a true story. Um, that that like the bear's having fun, and Tracy's shoot trying to pin the thing. And <laughs> so, hey, it, oh, that's a chance. I've heard him talk about the bear before. Uh, luckily, yeah. was here when he, one time when he was telling that story, and it, same deal. He was yeah. like, "Hey." I was wrestling a damn bear. I got to go over. What do you? I can't take it easy on the bear. He ain't no, taking it easy on we're me. Too we're too close to <laughs> yeah. wherever I'm from. Uh, but yeah, that's a, look. Tracy used to be the guy that would fly off the handle and 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 like get mad and oh. and people knew him for that for a long time. But but this is the time where he was more mature and I was young and dumb and mad at the world and and I and I wanted to. I wanted to be. I wanted to be real in there. I was fighting people. You know what I mean? Like I was not punching them in the face or kicking them as hard as I could. But I was. I would lay my stuff in, man, and it was just going to be like that. And that's. And I was okay if you gave it back to me that way. I was fine with that. Like I said, I was young and dumb. Uh, but but like some of the people I got in there with the the lawler, lawlers, excuse me, the Dundees, like people would. I would I would hit him with some things and all of a sudden like a Bill Dundee would get my attention quick with a jab like right to the face you know what I mean like like light me up like bow go, oh, like with okay. a good one and you go like my bad I got you that's my we've bad. drawn the line yeah. yeah and we and you slow down and it's it 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 almost made me feel like oh well, that was were you a bully were you being a bully like and the guy had to call you I and mean, it's like no it wasn't a bully I just worked very aggressive and I didn't mind getting hit like that and I just didn't know yet that it doesn't have to be that way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we can actually, it's actually better if we do it a little lighter to each other. If we, it actually looks better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't hurt as much and we can sell it better. Um, so, so don't hit me so hard, kid. That was the quick left jab for, that I received from both Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler reminding me that, hey kid, this is fake. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really punch you in the face to remind you this was fake. What's also great about Smothers is he can get instant heat Exactly when he oh, wants. Yeah, everybody yeah. dies. He's gonna everybody. come out and everybody dies, my friend. <laughs> such a just, great guy. It just be, it became such a a caricature of him in a yes. good way. Like yeah. it was good though. It wasn't like a oh that's his shtick he does. It like you loved it. We wanted him was, to do it. <laughs> yes, of course. You want him to do it. Yes, please get hit me with the hit me with the stuff. Uh, uh, the thugs. Cause the, the thug thugs. can't spell. <laughs> Also, T is for terrible, H is for hell, uh, U is for ugly, and G is for jail because a jug, a thug can't spell. 
good. So good. What in the world? That's that's great to me. Also, while we're here, you won the uh, you won the titles from PG thirteen. Let's talk a little bit about PG thirteen and bless their hearts. Uh, oh, come on! Look at these guys. No, I mean when I mean bless their hearts. Look I mean, at them. They had to work with me and Tracy. Look at um, these guys. Come on now. Hey, they were over like Rover. In, yeah. In, uh, in Memphis, man, and they—I'm telling you—it was a—it was a great tag team run. Like we we did well in, in that run, and we and we held the titles for a while. We worked with them guys for a long time. There was one point in this in this run where both Wolfie and Jamie had, both had two black eyes. <laughs> Really? And was, yeah, and it was hey Jamie's one that'll stand. Is that of you going? You hey, I'm working a little stiff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, Tracy too. Like we look, we were we were all young, and we were doing what we loved yeah. to do, and we were having fun doing it. Were we getting rich or drawing a million dollars? Heck, no. But we were, man. It was so much fun, and you're doing it with your friends, and it's the only way you can do it. Making three hundred dollars a week, driving six hours one way for one of the towns, uh, you know. Uh, and so you gotta you gotta hook up with some people, split the gas. Don't get a hotel nowhere. Drive back all the way because you can't afford a hotel. You know, I mean, it's it's starving artist type stuff, but you do it because it's your passion and the people you're around is their passion too. And so you have that in common and it's, it brings you, it, it brings you much tighter together than if you got rich with somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I, like I got rich with Billy and me and him never saw hard times together I got, I was broke as hell with Wolfie D and Jamie Dundee, but they were there when my kid was born. You know what I mean? Like right. they were, uh, I, I'm, I'm still good friends with both of them today because we forged a relationship throughout this uh, simply off of our love of the industry, you know? Uh, by the way, dog, you know what's not PG 13? What? That's a long winter's holiday night with our Ooh. friends. Blue chew. And winter's coming. <laughs> Which one of us is winter? <laughs> oh, look <laughs> at this! The breeze isn't Ooh. the only thing that's getting stiff right now. That's right. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where our friends Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service it delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You could take them anytime, day or night. Get in the groove, dog. I'm with you. Yeah. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arrives. Arises. I don't call mine opportunity. Do you call yours? I do. Mine's name is Mr. Opportunity. Mr. Blue Opportunity, Chew. well, and when it's what time I mean to by arise, that is my, my, my dog, Pitbull, my Pitbull. Oh, when it's time to arise, call our friends at Blue Chew. The process is simple. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. All you got to do is sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their Dot licensed com. medical providers, and once you're approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. Blue Chew. The best part, it's all done online, so no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward Promo conversations. Code dog. Yeah, that's right. No waiting in the line at the pharmacy. Dog dollar shipping. You're from a smaller town in Florida. The last thing you want to do is be picking up some everybody kind of pills knows of- my trash. Exactly, and you don't want to be standing in line at the pharmacy with them calling out your prescription. Awkward moments. <laughs> so go to bluechew.com. Made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to your door in the last discreet package you will see, my friend. Blue chew. Oh. 
It's time to I'm get off to the couch. You, I'm going to have to have you bring that music up next time. Oh. Marcus, just so I can get the feel. Can you hear it? Come on. Vibe. Oh. Can you hear that, oh. dog? Oh, this is definitely some... Uh, yeah. A blue chew. Have you ever had a blue, blue chew? Blue chew. Promo dog. Blue chew can help you give the confidence... Starting over. I he like that back drum again. Head, yeah. Oh. So that's right. With Blue Chew, my friends. You ever had that? You ever had that evening with your yeah, wife where she goes, "What's got into you?" That means you've What's took a Blue Chew, my friend. That means you've took a Blue, blue Chew, my friend. So if you blue can benefit chew. from extra What's confidence when it's time to you, <laughs> chew it and do it. Have better sex. Do it. And we, do it. And we've got a special special Ain't deal for our listeners. Nothing to it. No. Try do Blue it. Chew free when you use the premium promo code what? D O G. Yeah, and you just oh, pay five dollars shipping. Five dollars shipping first month free. <laughs> BlueChew.com. Oh, come on, come on. Promo code D O G D G G to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank BlueChew. Thank you, Blue Chew. Sponsoring the podcast and making our life she in the bedroom much better. Yeah, we ain't the oh. only ones thinking them. Our oh, wives you didn't are thinking know Blue Chew. Blue Chew. Oh, cool. That felt good. Just for a moment. Now we're back to reality. <sighs> so, you and Tracy Smothers attack Brian Christopher when he's taking on Razor Ramon. What? Your old opponent, Scott Hall, which you mentioned earlier, kind of stunk every now and then. It's not like a beef <laughs> next to mount. That's, I feel like, I wish I could take those <laughs> Uh Seriously, though, how good was it to see Scott down in Memphis? Oh, great, great. Like, look, it's always great to see Scott. And it, and it was because I never knew Scott before I became the roadie. And then I worked with him every night for six months. And so you get to know a guy really well and you get to know his mannerisms and him. And like that, that's how Scott and I's relationship was, was forged also. Um, and I, we were making kind of crappy money to tell you the truth at the time, um, doing some two a days and tent shows and stuff like that in the WWF at the time. So I got to know Scott real well. It was great to see him. It was, you know, when you, and, and also selfishly, when you see somebody that comes down to do this or whatever, you know they're going to take back some information some stories and scott was figured in all the time so i thought okay uh you know so sorry i got sidetracked but i would say you know he's going to take some stories back i want to be good i want him to say i was good i want him to say i'm doing good you know so it was great to see him dog it sounds like all this is starting to set up a tag match uh but it doesn't ever seem to happen do you remember any talk of this of you and Scott or any Brian Christopher Razor Ramon any of that? I I, I don't remember okay. any of that, but that would have been awesome if we could uh, work with Brian and Scott against me uh, and Tracy. Yeah, incredible. That would have been, been stinking killer. I don't know why. I don't know. You know, sometimes it could be like, oh, now Scott's in a story; he can't come down there no more. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it kind of worked that way back then. Christopher defends his title in a coward waves the flag match against your dad and gets the win. Oh. While you team with the Smoky Mountain Surprise and lose to PG-13, this oh. all smells like Jim Cornette. Who is it? the Smoky Mountain Surprise? Is anybody? <laughs> yeah. if we can I was find waiting picture, on you to tell me. I thought that was moonshine. I've had that before. <laughs> Smoky Mountain Surprise. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely had you that neither. before. Is that a true story? <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know. 
I don't doubt that a bit, but that's awesome. Smoky Mountain Surprise. It was just me and a and a and a jar glass jar full of shine. <laughs> it was your dad in a mask. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who it is. Who's the Smoky Mountain Surprise? I don't know who it is either. We're gonna find out. Somebody swing us corny dog at corny dog hashtag corny dog d o g g, and let us know if somebody knows who the Smoky Mountain Surprise Smoky is. Mountain. We had a guy, a big dude, <laughs> that wrestled with us, and I, I thought his name was Smoky Mountain Massacre. But oh, it been, it oh been, that's a killer name. <laughs> it could have been a surprise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Smoky, it was corny in a mask. Smoky, huh? uh, Smoky Mountain Massacre was a big, huge dude that was just a fan. And we... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, he got in the ring a few times. But he was so big, we thought... Like, man, we could do something here. But, dude, it was <laughs> bad. It was horrible. Bad, if you find the video of that match on, on Memphis Wrestling, he tripped and fell into the ropes, and he couldn't He, he was horrible. And he was so big, like, if he fell on you, it hurt. Bless his heart. Bless <laughs> How his big? huge heart. How big? Oh, dude, he was 6'8", 400 pounds. Oh. Like, at no doubt. Like, he was Lord. huge. He's a huge man. He was cornbread. You know what I mean? It was Conrad in a mask. It, well, uh, I didn't well, want to now, say anything. <laughs> now we're going to get to some heat, dog. Uh, the eleven eleven television was the best in a long time, says the Observer. Yeah. The main angle started with a tape from eleven four in Nashville where Bob Armstrong was facing Eddie Marlin, Jeff Jarrett's grandfather. As Marlin gained the advantage, the SMW crew attacked him and he was locked in a figure four leg lock. Then they aired a clip from eleven ten in Crenshaw, Mississippi. Yeah. Starting with JJ Armstrong making fun of Marlin because he was walking with a cane. Based on the Nashville angle. J.J. Armstrong then jumped Marlin and beat him up again and put him in the figure four. Bob Armstrong did a phone interview, which they said was from the Bahamas, <laughs> challenging the USWA to put up its promotion against SMW with his yep. son Look, he representing SMW. Look, he used to travel SMW. a lot back and forth to... to to the Bahamas? Yeah, to Key, Key Bay, Key Biscayne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, he said he's putting you up against anyone the USWA can put up, saying you, Road Dog, had yep. already beaten everyone in the USWA. Everybody. And that he didn't think anyone would accept the challenge. Nobody. When are you told that Jeff is now going to come in? Son of of a biscuit eater today is when i just learned that <laughs> i do not remember this at all and wow what a great storyline this is incredible this is good this is basically us doing down here what we would not do at the wwe <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they wouldn't yeah. do. yeah it's the same story i mean it's now it's me and me versus jeff that's where we were going. But next. you don't do you don't remember any early buzz about this? It just kind of happened. No, I remember Jeff was. Yeah, I knew Jeff was coming in, and I knew. Yeah, he had already called me. Jeff himself called me and said, "You you you think this is a good idea? You think this is cool?" And that's that's okay. look. That's Jeff respected me even back then to call me and 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 run it past me was was uh, a further step than you would do with another just guy on your roster. You know what I mean? Like if it was just another dude. Uh, on the roster, Jeff may not have called the guy and said, "Hey, we're going to work together." You, right. you know what I mean? So it was it was always uh, mutual respect with he and I, and I and I knew it, and I was excited about it. Based on what for we're one seeing. one because I was I was in my prime and I was ready to go, and I thought, man, we can do we can have some good ones, and we did. 
Now, the story has always been that you two wanted to build a story around the breakup and all that. Is that right? Or do you remember discussing that? Or was it, so, let's so just we, start over and do something new? Yeah, so so for, for me, it was whatever y'all say to do, I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> so, so, uh, but I, but I, but I love it. I freaking love it. Anarchy. Um, but so, 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 uh, I, I just knew he was coming in and I didn't know what the story was going to be. Cause they would kind of tell you, Hey, go out there and cut this promo, say about, talk about this, this, and this, you know what I mean? And so that it wasn't so scripted that I knew what exactly where we were going. So I, I didn't really know what the story was going to be. I thought, of course you would touch on the, the breakup just because it yeah. just happened very publicly or I guess it didn't happen publicly. We kind of quit and he went in a different direction and you know what I mean? So it, we weren't really broke up. So I guess I felt like we had to, I guess I felt like we had to say something about it. You yeah. know what I mean? To make it make sense. But I don't remember fighting for a creative direction. You know what I mean? Okay. For, for an agenda. That's for sure. Chances zero to a hundred. Your dad was in the Bahamas. Uh, if zero means he was not there, correct. Uh, zero. Okay. One, my dad has never been to the Bahamas. Well, explain this and later he, in the show. He's not, he's not going now. A gift box came addressed as being from the Bahamas. Oh, for JJ Armstrong when that he opened was the my box. Dad. My dad. Jarrett was inside, what? and the two brawled all over the studio, out the door, through the aisles, into the parking lot. And finally in front of the studio until Jarrett chased J.J. Armstrong down, down Union <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. Jarrett got a huge pop and did an interview saying that people thought he deserted the USWA the past two years. But what happened was that every wrestler's dream was to wrestle in the main event in Madison Square Garden. He said he finally achieved that dream, but he felt he had given up too much and said that he had missed seeing his younger brother's high school football season last year and missed his sister's college graduation. And when his grandmother was on her deathbed, he flew in. He had to fly back out the next morning, and she didn't even remember him being there. He said he, was pr he wasn't proud of what he had given up to achieve his dream, but when he heard about what happened to Marlon... That was it. That was the this last straw. Hey, is it storytelling at its finest or what? It's incredible. Think, how, how how much when you read that, and and we're cynical dudes, man. We're wrestling fans and and, and Americans, so we're cynical dudes. But when you read it, if you don't think it through, you'll think that's sappy. Uh, like, wow, man, that's really sappy. And he just touched everyone's heart in, in yeah. within hearing distance, within, within the sound of his voice. Every member of the world has been through not being there for an important occasion because of some, you know, they had to sacrifice this, yep. this or that. And so how many birthdays have I missed? Because I, so, so when he says that, I go, I've been there. You know what I mean? And so with that promo, with that well thought out promo, I went to the big leagues and I made it, mm. but I forgot what I left behind oh. and I had to get back to it. Tell me that don't bring a tear to a glass eye and I'll kick you in the niz on main street. <laughs> and it tells you how important this was to him. He's yeah. telling you, I came back for that. I, I saw what was happening this. and this is why I'm back. I had to come back. Yeah. Uh, oh, just hot. He also said that Jesse James Armstrong was a fake name. What? Yeah. He said you came up with it because you always wanted to be Double J. And that his real name was Brian <sighs> Gerard James. 
He said he could have picked any wrestler in the world to be his roadie, and he made the roadie, and the roadie kept screwing up. He claimed claimed USWA isn't like SMW because it doesn't have big money backers behind them. But SMW doesn't have any wrestlers who can back up their money. Oh, man. (laughs) What a turn there. Later in the show, J.J. Armstrong called up on a payphone and wanted to apologize to Jarrett and said all the problems in the WWF (laughs) were a misunderstanding. They they were. And if he would just have listened to me, I could have explained (laughs) this, and the whole history would have been totally different. This is so good to take a real-life situation... (laughs) And turn it now into a promo yeah. to generate and create this whole storyline here, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And what I love about Memphis is to, to an, an extreme, they did this, but it it it, it, it was relative. Um, Eddie, uh, Eddie Marlin, when he talked about coming back, my wife was on her deathbed because that's a relatable baby face thing. This is why I, I was vulnerable and I was away because I had to be. But like this crazy action has brought me back and uh and 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 randy hales couldn't handle it anymore he couldn't maintain all the chaos so i had to come back then jeff gets in there and he talks about these but but memphis has always been touch on a subject real in real life that was that is very touchy and run a story off that that they did that when lawler's mom passed away i think or, or dundee somebody like they they would do stuff like that like your dead mom did then sometimes i feel like oh my god that's too far to go but but with stuff like this they do it and they did it a lot because it's relative like people i relate to that you know what i mean i have a family and the other six days a week when i when i'm alive and i'm not watching wrestling i have to deal with all that crap so now if i listen to jerry lawler who's the king of memphis oh my god he goes through the same part problems i have i'm immediately attracted to him and then he's talking about this other guy who's coming in here and gonna do this and that you know what i mean i wrestling's the greatest soap opera ever this builds to the first match of the double J's with both respective companies on the line, the USWA versus SMW, but it's being run on Monday night, still running against Nitro and Raw. Were you surprised they didn't move the weekly shows off Monday, dog? Were you yeah. considering that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that they considered it, but I, I kind of thought they should have myself. <laughs> like, why, why would you try that? It's, it's yeah. look, if, if Monday Night Raw. Uh, could be seasonal. I'm sure it would be a season when Monday Night Football did not exist, um, yes. and, and that would uh, that would be my same thinking along the lines here. The 11:13 show with the Jeff Jarrett return and the stipulation where the winning son would get both USWA and SMW against oh. Jesse James Armstrong only spiked the crowd to a $6,500 house, which is only still 950 paid. And with an angle like that and the television show they had building up to it. They really should have done three times that many, according to the Observer. <laughs> the match was said to have been the best match in Memphis in a while. Yeah. Yeah. With Jared winning. So, let me, tw- so let, let's stop right there just for okay. a second and just to, to appease me. Let's say <laughs> let's say that Mr. Observer, Dr. Yeah. Observer, Doc, uh, Doc Ob, I'll call him. Doc Ob. <laughs> Let's say he's an expert on Memphis Gates yeah. and, and, and all Clearly that. Clearly he is. He's telling it, you. So what more could have been done, Doc right. Ob? To, so, so it jumped two grand. It jumped two grand. So it was up. 
Let's not yeah. let's not let's not negate the fact that yeah, it was up. Three times. That you're it not drew. three times. You're no, not, not, three, not times. three times at all. But if it was the best wrestling match in Memphis in a long time, what could I have done any better to make right. more people come? What could they have done any better to make more people come? It we we produced when we were asked to, and we produced. So no, you don't know that there should have been three times that many. And to make <laughs> that friggin' comment is is asinine. Like it really is. In, if you know that somehow with some algorithm that in, uh, existed t- 25 years ago, I would like to have that conversation because they just say stuff out of their yin yang and everybody that listens to them just, just calls it a, oh, that's a fact. They should have, it was the best match. Well, what are you what are you getting at? So, what could have we done better? And what what did your comment achieve? Right. You know what I mean? Like what we it was up. So we did what we were asked to do. The fact that you thought there should have been, uh, and what and by the way, what market are you talking about? We're talking about Memphis USWA as it's going out of business. Like right. what market are you talking about that that anywhere around there, Jonesboro, Arkansas, these places that are have been hard up for 50 years now and still are like you're going to I don't know. That stuff like that angers me when they when they think they know so much and it's, it's it's still just your opinion, man. You know what I mean? Just like on just like here, I give my opinion, but at least I clarify. That's my opinion. It's right. not a fact. It's how I feel. And I feel like those guys I want to punch them all. In the doc Ob. Doc Ob. Doc Ob, I, I want to kick in the dock. Oh, I hate that guy. He continues, the 1122 show was Jesse James Armstrong putting his hair against both the SMW and USWA company against Jeff Jarrett. So probably for next week in the Memphis storyline, Bob Armstrong will control USWA. They really did nothing on television with Angle that Jarrett and USWA now control SMW. A lot of bouncing back and forth there. Was there ever serious consideration of you losing your hair? Uh, no. Okay. No, but, but I probably would have, you know what I mean? Okay, like you, I, have, you, you didn't can fight see when I was, it, when I was wrestling it. Jeff there, I didn't have braids or anything. It was just, my real hair was grown right around the crown of my head. And so it was long. So I could put it in a ponytail yeah. and that's kind of how like that. Yeah. There you see it. That's kind of how I wrestled. So I didn't really have anything going on with my hair. I couldn't afford to get braids, <laughs> but, uh, maybe if, if uh, doc Ob would have, would have been running the show. I would have drawn three times the per- people, and then I could have got my braids done. But yeah, I'd have totally shaved uh, my head for, for a right. cool angle. <laughs> Let's see if your great build and your great match did anything, dog, because the show that's run on the night before Thanksgiving, trying to move from Monday, uh, quote, it still only draws 1150. You get the win, dog, first of all. Yeah. That means the gate went up. Because I'm good. We're, I'm good. We're not talking about that. <laughs> Jesse James Armstrong this time beat Jeff Jarrett to set up the 11-27 match where Jerry Jarrett put up his million-dollar house in Hendersonville oh. so he could get his company back. And Jerry Jarrett was brought in to be Jeff's corner with Bob Armstrong oh. and his son, Corner. Tell me that. So, that's that's heaven. So I, I'm in heaven right now. Incredible. And not not so much during the time of this. Right now, I'm in, I'm in heaven right now. Oh. Looking back and understanding and and knowing the gravity of the situation with Bob Armstrong and and Jerry Jarrett in the corners of their sons wrestling. Like to me, knowing that right now, I would 
I would do a lot of things for a picture of that, for a picture oh. of us four together, for a, something. And there might be one out there, I don't know. But but like just a still of them on the outside and me standing, like I'd blow that sucker up, it'd be behind me. Uh, because that's a that's a cool one, man. Hit us up. And look, if you can find that picture, hit us up at hashtag yeah, corny dog. Uh, how did you hear about Smoky Mountain closing? We're getting to that point. Did Cornette tell you? Were you shocked? Were you surprised? How yeah, did you I, I was. Look, I was not surprised. I knew they were kind of running low. They had stopped using dad so much. And, and so I, I knew it was coming to an end. But I was, I was kind of working with USWA. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. The truth of it was I was a USWA guy kind of working under the Smoky Mountain umbrella for the, for creative. So um, I, I I was still making towns and do, you know what I mean? Doing what I had to do. Um, so, so I didn't, I knew it was winding down, but I didn't, you know, I was surprised as anybody when I heard it closed because I knew Jim, you know, he's passionate about stuff too. And I knew he wasn't going to go down without a fight. So here we go. Approximately 520 fans paid $4,100 with Jarrett winning and gaining possession of SMW for whatever that means nowadays, says the Observer. <laughs> Brad Armstrong, who had lost the SM SMW title two nights earlier, appeared with the belt as champion and was disqualified. Earlier in the show, when SMW had control of the promotion, so to speak, Bob Armstrong fired Lance Russell. However, Jarrett rehired him at the end of the show. When his son regained possession of the oh, promotion. What a great. <laughs> this is all so awesome. <laughs> I got to love it. storytelling. Yes, it is, man. It's it's like really good. There's little beats that just continue to get better and better. Yeah, uh, they continue. I, look, I wouldn't have appreciated that at the time either because of my youth. Like, I wouldn't have appreciated this cool storytelling. But I sure do now. You know what I mean? They continue anyway, uh, they say, anyway, after Jeff Jarrett beat Jesse James Armstrong on 11-27, so Jerry Jarrett got to keep his million-dollar house, which was at stake. Man, I wish you could have won that, man. I know, me too. He has a nice big ball. Would you still be living in it? I think Heck so. Yeah. yeah. You can fish on two different ponds uh, he's got on his property. On. Well, uh, after he got to keep it, and Jarrett won control of both USWA and SMW, which is still being used in the storyline, even though the company is now officially defunct. <laughs> the storyline goes that Bob Armstrong's lawyers got an injunction giving him 50% of the USWA. Oh. Uh, is you got this, it. Is this a stretch? Is this where, I mean, no, this did, is did where, the storyline die? Or is this, what, no, what do you think? Well, no, this is where, yeah, yes, it's where it started to die. But yeah. it was also a... A move you have to make. Let's what, see what, what you, we can do. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You gotta you gotta try to salvage something because it was your main thing and now it's not a thing. You know what I mean? So how do we how do we salvage whatever we can do off of this? And that was the creative decisions made. I'm sure the observer and Doc Ob are in full support <laughs> and uh, and uh, are just here to see it all and just happy to be fans. Doc Ob, <laughs> the move to Wednesday on twelve twenty seven. Up the house to 1,300 fans and $9,100 or more than triple what they had just did a few weeks ago when they hit rock bottom with a $2,700 house and 340 fans. So In the what headline, you're saying man, is it was working. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's not. That's not what he's saying, no. No, 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 we can't give you credit. Doc, Doc right. Ob is definitely the heel <laughs> right. in this story.
Uh, in the headline match, Jeff Jarrett retained the unified title over Brian Christopher due to an outside interference of both Jesse James and Brad Armstrong. The yeah. gimmick is that Jarrett didn't see or know they interfered and simply covered Christopher after they did their damage. And in fact, after the match, joined with Christopher in running both of them off. A program between you and Brad against Jeff and Brian. That could have been awesome, right? Man. Man, that could have been uh, man. awesome. Man, I mean, just... Especially if, you know, Brad would have probably, and Jeff would have pulled it all together. Brian and me were both freaking idiots. But, but <laughs> um, and, and that's just the truth. Brian was great. Brian it was great. There's no doubt about that. And, and I, I carried my weight, and, and, I'll, and I'm happy to say that much. But we, we were both not thinking about important things. But if we could have been, like, I don't know, just a little later in my career than this, what a what a thing! I, you know, I'm sure. Like I said, I'm sure those two, Jeff and Brad, would have put something together that would have been awesome, and I would have just went along with it because I wouldn't have known any better. But I would have just loved to have been a part of putting that thing together and then executing it because that's that's a tag match I I would have in my dreams. Some of you are trying to execute the perfect holiday plan. Yeah. you've got friends and family coming over. You got They're to feed in. a lot of people. Yeah, Uncle Road Joe dog. has body odor. <laughs> how, do you, how do you address that? <laughs> it smells like a, a beef Mexi melt. Yeah. Well, don't be settling for the beef Mexi melt. How about you get in contact with our friends at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Whoa. dog? Me and Jimmy's you have both seafood. eaten our weight yeah. in Jimmy's Famous Seafood over the years. And Guess that's what? That's a, they that's a ship bill. food nationwide. Yes, how about this? You can get free two-day Nationwide shipping on orders over $125. That's excluding their steam crabs and fresh items. All you got to do is use the promo code D-O-G-G. How about this, dog? Maryland crab cakes, soups, chowders, oysters, signature steak, desserts, gluten-free items as well. I can't sing this place's praises enough, and, I, and I'm and I'm being dead serious, just like I am with the others uh, that I utilize and promote out here. Um this is the best seafood. It's a fresh. It's out of Baltimore. It comes fresh, uh, dry ice, frozen still to your house. Some of the best crab cakes. That's what they're famous for. Is their crab cake. Best crab cakes you'll ever eat in your life. Come on, uh, no doubt. A lot of crab it. in there, buddy. A lot of crab in there. They're literally more crab than cake, and, and, <laughs> yes. and, and it's so delicious. Everything they have is delicious, and uh, they always. If, you, if you're listening to this, you're probably a wrestling fan. If you're probably a wrestling fan, you probably go on social media and follow your favorite wrestlers, and all the wrestlers talk about this place, yes. Jimmy's Seafood in Baltimore. Man, it is the place to go. Now you don't have to go. You can just order it and they'll send it to your to your house and so i, I can't think of a better way you've to, had it shipped to your house right oh yes oh no i've had it incredible. shipped to my house several times and it's the food is incredible um Just every like time when you're and, there. and frozen and you and it tells you the instructions how to exactly how to cook it and eat it and man it, it, it couldn't be a better uh choice especially if it's a holiday gift man come so, on some, some of this stuff coming to your house uh, you you will be on the on the happy list on the good list next year for sure. You got that person you don't know what to get? How about order free two day nationwide shipping if you use the promo code D O G G. Several packages to choose from that make yeah. holiday gifts. You got the famous gift box that includes get this dog you you'll appreciate this yeah. four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, mm-hmm. two different crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, and 
their signature bay sauce, or oh. you can get the tailgate bundle that gets two pounds of wings, <laughs> a full rack of baby back ribs, a pint of crab dip, crab dip and crab cake mix, or you can create your own package as well. Over 40 years in the business, it's been featured on diners, dine-ins, and drives, Beat Bobby Flay, and more. Dog, we've ate there. Me and you, look, the first time I ever visited yeah. Baltimore for any kind of event, I said, I don't know where it is and what we're doing, but, yeah, but we're going we're to Jimmy's it. Famous Seafood. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I yeah. know. I got the T-shirt to prove it that looks hey, like the Led Zeppelin logo on the inside. You weren't, you weren't mad about it either, were you? Oh, no. <laughs> you can't get them in the shipping. I, you might, but I don't, I'm don't. i not promising you can. Yeah. Let me tell you what's underrated there if you ever go in person. The milkshakes. Ooh. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Look, they don't have nothing that ain't great. So, it's, <laughs> so you can order any of those things and close your eyes when you order it and still be happy with what <laughs> yeah, you get. Throw a dart at the menu yeah. and you're going to have one of the best meals you've ever had. Yep. And you can now get it shipped to you nationwide. Go to jimmysfamousseafood.com again. It orders over $125. You use the promo code D-O-G-G and you're going to get free two-day nationwide shipping. This is the perfect Christmas gift or Amen. if you're just chubby and fat like me and you just want some good grub for yourself. Yeah. And if you think about it, that $125 you get free shipping, that, that that's a that's a Ooh. meal. You go out to eat with your wife tonight somewhere nice and that's how much you're going to pay. This will come to your house. You don't have to go nowhere. It's the way to do it, man. Eat crab cakes naked. <laughs> Jimmy's Jimmy's I mean, you don't have to. Food. I'm saying that's not part of Jimmy's promotion. I'm just saying you're welcome for that visual. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com. Use promo code D-O-G. Double G. Yeah. All right. Jerry Lawler returned to action and won the SMW title from Brad Armstrong while PG-13 beat Rock and Roll Express. Those were also the same finishes as 1226 in Louisville before 1,200 fans and $9,200 gate. Ooh. While both 1225 and 1230 in Nashville, they drew nearly 900 fans for similar matches. Then in Louisville, after the PG-13 versus Rock and Roll Express match, they did a brawl all the way to the basement of the Louisville Gardens, which I'm told was a great dressing room brawl, which <sighs> ended up with Smothers and Jesse James Armstrong involved and leaving PG-13 both bloody. That oh. program dog would end with the death of Smoky Mountain. Was there something you were told was going to happen that didn't, that you wish did, or did you did y'all pretty much tie up storylines because you knew you were going out of business. No, yeah, that that's what they were tying it up. They were tying up loose ends here. Look, I'd love okay. to tell you they were going to put the title back on me and we were going Please to Germ and we were going to Japan. No. But uh you were going to beat go, Bret Hart. We yeah, that's what you were going to do. Well, if I wrestled him, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Just kidding. He was he would have always I think there. Fergal McDivitt was going to take the championship. Me and Fergal yeah. were were tag team champions of uh, CGW back in But it 60, closed. It closed. That hurt. Yeah, they closed down because the brawler mm. got in that car crash. Yes, everybody knows that. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Uh, was there something looking back? I mean, you, you, we've talked about it. You, a lot of parts you said you weren't really focused on. Yeah. You were just showing up doing your thing. And you got some cool moments in there as well. For sure. Was there something back you wish you could have done? Or did you think, I, hey, we, you, we pretty to, much did it? Yeah, no, to tell you the truth, I got to, I got to do and, and look, at a very small scale, but that's as that's, it was from perfect for me at the time in my career and the time in my life. It's exactly what I needed. I got an opportunity to be the world champion in a promotion that was televised and that ran weekly towns. Yeah. And it taught me 
a little only because of my attention span uh, about life and business and the business and life in the business and, and all of the above. And so I was extremely proud of my time with Tracy Smothers. Um, so this was for sure. And may, maybe it was, maybe I went to, uh, maybe I went to Germany after the Knoxville show and then came back because I'm very open about this. I used steroids one time in my life. It was at this point in time in my career. Uh, I had just come off of them because I was in Germany and I was on them in Germany. And so I was very aggressive and I was very, uh, you know, young and strong and big, six, six, four, you know, two, two fifty. Um, and so good sized dude and, and ugh, I was ready to go. And so I was young and hungry. Um, and I remember the time tagging with Tracy and PG 13. And I remember the time, uh, singles working with Brian for the title. Like those were times in my careers that I will remember and love, uh, for as till I'm dead gone because I love Brian Christopher. I loved PG 13. I love Tracy Smothers. Uh, and it was all of the above all at once. Doug Gilbert. Uh, I, I haven't mentioned him enough in this specific, uh, podcast. And I, and I, sorry for that. It just hit me. I know you mentioned him earlier. It just hit me. What a pivotal part. And I don't even know if that I worked with him that much there, but I worked, you know, in, in, uh, close, proximity and so I, Doug is still to this day we text once twice a week uh, still a great friend of mine and has been since that time um, one, one funny story real quick about Doug is Come on. we were in Louisville we were in Louisville Garden and I was like I said I was still on the gas and I was I was the big heel of the territory and I was the champion and I had just beat up Brian Christopher and here came some more baby faces and they were supposed to run me off and I changed my mind I wasn't going to be <laughs> I wasn't going to I wasn't going to be run off and I said you know it's uh, I think you're under arrest I don't think I'm going to let you arrest me today uh, and it was so it was I went to beating the fire out of anybody and everybody. And I mean, they kept sending people. And finally, the story goes, because I didn't hear this part of it. But Doug said, Randy Hales came to me and said, Doug, go out there. You're the only one he won't punch. <laughs> And so here came Doug and I hit Doug once and he went down and he came back to me and said, stop, Brian, stop. Randy said, get out of the ring. <laughs> so, so here by that time I realized like, yeah, what am I doing here, man? I'd already beat up a couple of people that should have been able to run me off. Like I just ruined them. They ran down there and I just and killed you know, them. They're going, wait, wait, he was yeah, wait, wait, I don't know what we do now. <laughs> That didn't matter. I just, <laughs> I got him, shut him down. And Doug came out to this day, he tells me, man, what you wasn't stopping for nobody. But <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking. It was just one of them moments. Let me uh, ask you this then. Why, why, personal question, why'd you get off the gas? Why didn't you continue? You I didn't like I the way know. it made you felt, I, or it just no. I, it made me. It made me really like the way my body responded to it, as far as with working out with it and working out without it. Um, but in all honesty, and this sounds weird to a guy who would literally snort 
anything off the back of a public bathroom. Um, you know, so, but I was scared of it. I was scared of what right. it would do to my body. And I didn't know, uh, you know what I mean? And I, and I'm sure my brothers probably used it and my, I don't know. I don't think my dad ever did. He told me he never did in his life and he never lied to me about nothing. We, snorted things off of the back of bathrooms together. So he would have, he would have definitely told me about that. Like um, he was hiding stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so look, dad was in the day where they used to lift heavy things and eat raw hamburger meat. You know what right. I mean? And that was, that was in between workouts for him, you know? And so it was, it was a different time in the, in the fifties and sixties. And you so just weren't comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I wasn't. And, and the truth be told, I didn't, it wasn't a part. So working out is, is so Billy Gunn, Brad Armstrong, uh, Jeff Jarrett, like you'll see people and, and see their bodies and know this physical fitness is a, is a, is a part of this person's makeup. You know what I mean? Like this person takes their physical fitness maybe to an extreme level. Like they're, they're going to the gym and they're doing serious work. And so a lot of that stuff is, is, is done to, lubricate like very good uses and if you utilize it in a good way uh in a in a proper like a like a prescription man steroids are they were invented because they're great for healing uh decadurabalin and stuff for healing a shoulder surgery or like there's all kind of different steroids right. that are great for what they what they are made for you know what i mean and if and if you do them correctly they're I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. I just was in Germany and you could literally buy it at the gas station. So I, so I, so I got, you, know, you couldn't buy it at the gas station, but it was, <laughs> I got to get it very easily. Uh, so, so, uh, you know, I just did it and, and I just got off. I'm not a body guy. I never have been. I, it's all been about, look, I don't. With your character, it wasn't important. We, we wasn't, didn't expect you to come out looking like the big yeah, monster. I, yeah, I wasn't, that wasn't me. I, I, this is how I always characterized my character. I'm the guy who says, do you want it? You want to unlet it or, you know what I mean? And then I pump your gas. That's the road dog. But he's also the guy that's quick with his tongue and and will punch in the face. So, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we all know that guy somewhere. That guy yeah. who's like, oh man, he's funny, but he'll piss, he'll don't piss him off. He'll do that, you know, whatever. And we're, so we're gonna get in a bar fight if we yeah, go out. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna if we go out tonight and he comes, we're gonna get in a fight. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. and so that was me on drugs. And so and so <laughs> that's the way it was, you know. I don't know. Uh, well, in this timeline, Jeff returned to the WWF in the late 95, early 96 as well. Yeah. Were you surprised with that? Or what, what were your thoughts here when you saw him back? No, no. again, learned, because I knew he was going back. We, we're like, again, we don't fall out of communication, yeah. Jeff and I. Um, it just, and that's very different between a lot of wrestlers. Like a lot were of you wrestlers surprised when he told ways. you, though? Yeah, yeah, I would. But that's, look, again, that was part of my learning process about this industry and about you and your family comes first nobody it's else yeah it's nobody a else yeah. it's a business and i'm in the business of me yeah. and that's the bottom line and 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 if you're look i'm i'm different now i work for the company i my my best interest is the company and so i have to make decisions where i have to think about what's best for the company and make decisions that that cover that but so, you went back to work but, for the company for you a hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And Je Jeff did too. What it yeah. taught me about this industry is, and it taught me about WWE in particular, WWF at the time is man, they're a great company for second chances. And in this industry, you almost can't 
burn a bridge. You know what I mean? Like what you really got to go out of your way to burn a bridge in a company that's run by people who know how to make money and want to make money. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot and not make a dollar off of you if they can, and they'll bring you back. And so that that's, I was, I wasn't surprised by him going back. It, it, what it was, was for me a lesson of, Oh, okay. So it's a business about you. And, and look, Jeff was very specific about when he, when he did the China thing and, and held, like he's a very astute businessman. Yeah. Uh, and I've said that before and I'll never stop saying it because it's, it's how I feel about him. His business acumen is, is the most attractive thing about him other than his nice ass. Um, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, you know, his, his, uh, he's a businessman. He always has been. So he always handled everything from a real business specific uh, vantage point. And I don't even know what we were talking about. I was just putting over Jeff. Talk about, so much. Talk about him going back. You realize. Yeah. You yeah he's a business dude. And so yeah. truth, truth be told, they can't be mad about him pulling a fast one over on them when it comes to business, that was as much their fault as it was his. And they had to know that. And uh, you can't so, be mad with him going back. No, right. heck no. Yeah. He's got he's got a wife and children and you know what I mean? Like if you can be mad at him going back and at the time I might have been. You know what I mean? Right. But I cannot fathom that feeling where I stand today in my life. Yeah. Knowing what I know are priorities in both mine and his life. I cannot feel that way today. And and I will not. I don't. I don't. You know what I mean? Uh, at the time, if if I ever did, it was totally out of jealousy. And that's an embarrassing thing for me to admit. Uh, you know what I mean? Because that's ugly. And that's not pretty or not cute and not sweet. That's <laughs> jealousy and that's of the devil. Uh, as we, before we get... We're hashtag about to get corny some, dog. <laughs> hashtag corny dog. We're about to get some questions from the fans but before we do. Um, what, this is late 95, early 96. Yep. We, we now went out of business. Did, what was your relationship, if any, with WWF at this point? Anything? Nothing, nothing okay. at all. Not, no con. When no. did that start to blossom? When did you start to have conversation with him again? I, at the end of this, you know what I mean? Like okay. this, at the end of this, whenever, whenever I stopped working with USWA and they call, I was working there and they called me back and said, Hey, you interested in coming up here and doing rehashing this and doing that? And I was like, at the time, I'm there with my wife. I'll never forget it in our little patio home that she bought by herself uh, with with uh, my son from from her first marriage that I adopted when he was three. Um, so so there we stood, and she's pregnant with my with my my first uh, child with her. You know, Amberly was my my first child with her, but her brother was four. Amber, uh, Dustin was four at the time, and so. Uh, I got the phone call and it was Bruce Pritchard. And he, and he said like, you want to come back here? And it was like, look, what we'll give you is a hundred grand a year for five years. And I literally wrote down half a million dollars and showed it to my wife <laughs> because that's what I, I mean, dude, I had a baby coming. I'm working Memphis. She's right. working at a casino pregnant. And I mean, like we're doing what we got to do to survive, but it is exactly that we are surviving. And so when I got that call, man, I jumped at the chance and, uh, it's all life change of money. Yeah. Life change of money. It's, yeah. 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 Especially for my, my family, me and my family, you know, incredible. All right. Before we get to some questions from the listeners, 
We need to roll that beautiful beam footage because the holidays here. Some of you put the holidays on the credit cards. Ooh. You might need to talk to our friend Conrad Thompson. He can tell you how to save, save with, with Conrad. Conrad. Yeah, he can tell you how to not do that. Roll that beautiful bean footage. It's that time of year, boys and girls. Can you believe it? I know I can. I know what you're thinking. This is going to be expensive. How am I going to pay for all this? Have you seen the economy lately? Can we put Christmas on pause? You can't. It's going to be here sooner rather than you think. And I'm here to help at SaveWithConrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. Gonna have to make a payment in December. You're done until January, and come January, you're gonna have a happier New Year because it'll be with no credit card debt. It'll be with lower monthly payments. We can knock out your car payment. We can get rid of your second mortgage. We can pay off all your credit cards. We can get you the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home and do it with no money out of pocket. Don't get stressed out about the holidays. Just go to savewithconrad.com right now. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. It just takes a few minutes to get started. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, serious business, get a lower monthly payment. Make this the best Christmas ever. Skip your next two house payments at savewithconrad.com. All right, dog, let's get to some fan questions. All the right. hashtag ask D-O-G-G. All right. Uh, at WWE Master 2018, he says, ask dog, was there any plans to do a USWA versus Smoky Mountain Wrestling Super Show in cool. a big arena or a little or big stadium? Or did you guys just focus on, like you mentioned, the towns you had already been yeah. working? Yeah, the, the established towns that they had, the Memphis, the Nashville, the Louisville, and then they had spot shows, you know what I mean, that you'd do every every Friday or something. It'd be a spot show at some little town, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh <clears throat> Excuse me, Middle Middleton, Tennessee. You're so, you know what I mean? Like little, you didn't ever hear a bigger plan to get move up and no. And, and yeah. truth be told, you can tell by the and this is just honesty. You can tell by the ticket numbers. We we couldn't have done that. Like we right. didn't have the fan base to do that. And that's that's just the truth. You know. KJ Roscoe, uh, he tweets us at you didn't know pod at Brian R D James at the Casio Kid. Ask Dog, learning how different you were as a person in the mid nineties and knowing how different the business was. Curious, did you know you had a knack for booking writing shows? And did you chat much business with Jim Cornette at the time? PS at the Casio Kid, most underrated host in the business. I had to get that shameless plug in. I would uh, have too. But back to you. Did, hey, let's talk about you for a second. <laughs> underrated <laughs> means underpaid. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, did you have a knack in the 90s? You you clearly were not thinking of writing and booking so, so that's, shows. Look, that's yeah. the thing is I, I wish, just like this individual wishes, he could sit under the learning tree of, of Corny yeah. Dog. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Corny Dog. But, but like, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't think I would have a knack for it. I found out that I did kind of when... Honestly, when Hunter called me and said, hey, you want to come back and be a producer? And then a month or two into that, they said, you want to be on the writing team? And and I learned like, 
okay, I can do this. Like I, I got an, I got a feel for what's right, and I got a feel for what feels good and what feels bad and heat and uh, you know. And so yeah, like maybe I can do this. So I really didn't know I could do it until I started being paid to do it, and I found out like, oh, okay, this is, I can do this. You know what I mean? And the one thing that I feel like I do the best is thinking about the wrestling, the storyline, and then, and then executing it inside the parameters of the ring or the secu- or the bowl. You know what I mean? Like, how does it, how does it work from, from first music to last bell? What happens? And, and that's where I feel like I come in uh, strong in my wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, look, I would have loved to have sat at a, at a man, how many learning trees could I have sat under had I cared to Ron, Ron and Robert Fuller, the Fullers who, who ran up there in their area and then ran down here too. I, I had Jim Cornette. I had my dad, my holy crap. I had my dad and all I did was learn from him. I got everything I got osmosis from him. If I'd actually talked to him about it, <laughs> it would have been crazy. Uh, but yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I would have sat under more learning trees, uh, I mean, but just- I was wasn't interested. I wasn't interesting interested in the learning at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, just I, the names we've read in this pod: Eddie, Eddie Marlin, yeah, uh, Doug yeah, Gilbert. Yeah. Just and everybody. look, I did have the I did have the opportunity to not sit under those learning trees when it comes to booking and stuff per se. But I spent my life around them all. You, you know observe, what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess I did kind of. Uh, Michael Double M tweets us at You Didn't Know Pod. If you can sing one song to Jeff, what would it be and why? Right now? Mm, yeah. Right now. Send gosh. him a message. If you had to, if you I had would to send say, Jeff I would a message. I will. You ready? Oh, gosh. I just called to say I love you. Mm. And even though... You left me at USWA and went to Nitro. I'm sh- <laughs> just kidding. That would be you it. Still would- <laughs> you still love him? You still love him? That would be it, because I do. I love him more today than I ever have, and that's just a fact. He's always been good to me, man. And, and, uh, and uh, you don't get a lot of people that are good to you your whole life and he has been good to me uh longer in my life than i've been a lot than, than i than he wasn't and that means a lot to me everybody start tweeting at real jeff jarrett and send the youtube clip of i just called to say i love you please <laughs> and just put dog sends his love uh, please. Uh, ghostwise at john daniel d says how the hell is jeff jarrett still so good yeah him Jericho and Daddy Ass are on another level of pro wrestling that is unheard of at their age, at least in terms of physicality, and yeah. how they still look like they're in their 30s. He says, F those guys. <laughs> Not really. They're amazing. <laughs> but uh, just, still just, F talk those about, guys. just talk about those three guys, man. They're, they're, yeah. Well, well they're I'll tell the you, same I'll age. Tell, they're still I'll tell working. You what, yeah, I'll tell you what what is obvious to me. And, and so it is obvious that all three of them are incredibly talented individuals who have recreated themselves time and time again. Excuse me. And what Jeff has done is brought back with the Ric Flair, excuse me, with the Ric Flair last match thing, Jeff brought back what being a heel is and people who saw that and a lot of people did said holy crap jeff jarrett's on another level and the truth is he just 
showed you what a heel looks like. Uh, he doesn't care if you'll cheer for him. He's not going to do a cool spot to make you pop. He's not going to do, he's going to go out there and he's going to get heat. And that's what he did. And so he, it, these three guys just continue to show everybody that they're on a completely separate level. And, and I believe the magic is in recreation and they have all continued to create and recreate themselves. And, and it's been profitable for all three. <laughs> I, I will tell you, you've seen light years more wrestling than I ever have and ever will. But in that building in Nashville, yep. sitting up there watching that show, I have never seen anyone get heat like Jeff Jarrett got when he walked out. It he was knew how to work every one of us. Karen was perfect. Yep. He worked the crowd. He's shoving people in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, he was pure. That was what wrestling heat is. Man, he was to me. jacked up and he came out there and it was like i said palpable you could feel Ugh. his energy radiating and it coming and it being projected back you know what i mean like you son of a <laughs> i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to slap him myself you know what i mean and and uh and it was like holy mackerel where what is what is this but it was an energy that made your hair stand up and made you feel uncomfortable and it gets your attention and it's like holy crap i'm in the i'm in the presence of something different now yeah you know what i mean and that's that was that was that night. If you weren't in the crowd, I understand that you don't have any idea what we're talking about. But there was a lot of people in the crowd too, and and it was it was some crazy energy in there, man. But again, we're talking about those three cats, recreation, and uh, and it it speaks to the depth of their talent. We appreciate all the interaction. We appreciate the questions. Yep. Uh, if you've got some feedback on this episode, again, hit us with that hashtag Corny Dog. Corny Dog. C-O-R-N-Y-D-O-G-G. There it is up on the screen if you're watching on our YouTube. By the way, yeah. while you're here, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating on any platform you are consuming us at. If you're on Twitter, be sure to follow us. He's at Brian R.D. James. Yep. I'm at The Casio Kid. The show handle, of course, is at You Didn't Know Pod. If you are on YouTube, like, subscribe, turn on notifications at YouTube.com. D-O-G-G. -G. And if you're not on YouTube, like, you you don't really know how good-looking Casio and I are. And so I'd love for you to subscribe to that and just just take a look. You know what I mean? To get a little get a little eyeful, drink it in, as, as uh, Jericho used to say, and, and tell us what you think. See, if you watch YouTube, me and Road Dog can write off this $25 ring light we bought off on our taxes. So please, yes. just view it once. You know just, what I mean? All you got to do is view us once. Just help us out saying. on our taxes. Help a brother out. Dog, next week, we've talked a lot about them in the past couple weeks and this week. They like to talk. They like to be characters. They've also done your job as a creative writer. Oh, so Lord. next week, dog, we're going to discuss Vince Russo and Jim Cornette. Oh. <laughs> oh. Look, let me ask you this. Which one of them do you think will be burying me on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> our, our Cornette's probably off of Twitter now because Elon Musk bought it. But, uh, but, but how quick, who's going to yell at me first on Twitter out of whatever I say stupid or wrong on this, on this podcast upcoming? I am uh, looking forward to it the way I look forward to navigating landmines and <laughs> well, if you want to help Road Dog get some heat with either one of these gentlemen, <laughs> go to at You Didn't Know Pod and send us your questions, opinions, Please. thoughts on both men, on either men, good, bad, the ugly. We are going to discuss it all. Vince Russo and Jim Cornette. Okay. Don't forget. 
Don't forget. I know no, this is ad free yeah. shows. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOG at manscaped.com. Yep. Happy New Year to your balls. And don't forget to try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code DOG at checkout. Pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code D-O-G-G. Receive your first month free. And go to Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Hey, man. Send somebody the best holiday package they will ever get in their life. Promo code D-O-G-G. That read also works for the Blue Chew. But go ahead. (laughs) Holiday package. (laughs) It is. Dog, this has been a fun one. It's good to talk to you about this. Always. Good look back. So many characters in this one and can't wait to hear your take on Vince Russo and Jim Cornette. Hashtag corny dog. If you didn't enjoy this show, my man Road Dog's got two words for you. Suck it. Yeah, you said it aggressive there. I was like pissed when I'd feel bad all of a sudden.